Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good morning, Blake. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Got some headlines this morning. Got uh, a, um, a decrease in isolation to kick things off. I know. I think this is a bit of good news for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I think people are extremely excited to know that now, um, really, whether you're COVID positive or negative, you're going to see a bit of an isolation uh, period, a reduced reduction, I should say, in your isolation period, mm-hmm. all the way down to six and seven days. So a bit of fantastic news. So if you test COVID positive and you're vaccinated, mm-hmm. yes. You can isolate now for um, six days and be out, well, potentially, depending on your PCR result by day seven. So vaccinated persons will isolate for six days, eligible for an exit PCR test on day seven. Unvaccinated persons have to stay in until day nine and eligible for an exit PCR test on day 10. Okay, so I'm confused by the unvaccinated contacts. Okay. So I don't know if you've uh, deciphered that or not, but you just said unvaccinated positives. Unvaccinated, sorry, unvaccinated persons. Now, hold on a second. Um, Unvaccinated positives isolate for nine days, negative PCR tests required on the 10th day. Then you go to unvaccinated contacts and it says unvaccinated persons in the household of a positive must quarantine 10 days. And then it says if a primary contact is negative, unvaccinated child, they should conduct a daily lateral flow test for seven days. They can attend school. Uh, daily LFT results continue to be negative. So I'm a little confused by that one. Yeah. So which part about the unvaccinated contacts? Yes, exactly. Well, it says um, positive persons and their contacts. Right. So I'm the way that I'm reading it Mm -hmm. is that um, in light of what they said, I think it was last week about how if you come in contact with people, you can just go about your business and continue to continue to lateral flow tests. That this is really for individuals who are positive. If that makes any sense. Well, I know. But if you go down to uh, if you look at the the release further. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it gives you the sidebar down at the bottom in, in bold letters. It gives you unvaccinated contacts. So it says unvaccinated persons in the household of a positive must quarantine for 10 days. But that contradicts what we got last week. Yeah. So, I'm, so that's why I'm confused by that. <laughs> uh, unvaccinated persons. Uh, I'm going to, I'll clarify this. I think okay. this, is, this is contradicting what we were told last week. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to get some clarification on that one. Okay, yeah, not a problem. We will okay. uh, send that off straight away. So, um, hmm. yeah, because yeah. it, it wouldn't make sense to have an unvaccinated contact quarantine longer than, a, than an actual unvaccinated positive. 
Yeah, I think that's a typo. Maybe GIS just put in the wrong word or something. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, let's move on and I'll get some yeah. clarification. Cool. Uh, Heroes Day. Mm -hmm. um, some really, really interesting changes uh, this year. So it's by invitation only. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you get so, an invite? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think they're just inviting um, uh, close contacts, no pun intended, of <laughs> someone who's actually being honored. So this year we have um, just one person being uh, listed as a new national hero. And then they're actually going to be um, uh, honoring the uh, uniform services. Okay. So, um, you know, they're actually only having like one representative per, not not even per, because I think there's six uniform services and they're going to literally have four persons represent that in terms of the parade part of the procedure. So it's it's very, very watered down, um, which I think for the organizers, that might be a, a sigh of relief in the sense that maybe they don't have as much to do with fewer people, but no more than 250 people. So definitely by invite only. So this year, if you don't have an invite, because I know a lot of people just kind of show up, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have an invite this year, um, you're being asked to please be mindful that this is a by invitation only event, and then it will be live streamed so that you can watch it. But our newest national hero, uh, Miss Leela Ross Shire, um, who actually wrote our national song, is uh, going to have, um, they're going to do wreathling uh, to recognize um, the outstanding contributions of the 10 national heroes. And they will actually be adding her bust to the um, National Hero Square. So her headpiece. Very cool. Oh, yeah. wow. So uh, I know her family has been actually working a really long time to get her recognized mm -hmm. as a national hero. And she was a very prolific um, songstress and writer. And she wrote a lot of music and she sang and she performed and, you know, she taught children. And her story is actually very, very interesting. I must say, I didn't know a lot about her until I actually met one of her um, great grandchildren. And um, they've done a YouTube documentary about her, which was uh, quite an interesting piece of Cayman history. So if very any cool. of want to check that out, they should do so. Six Cuban migrants have arrived in the shores of the Cayman Islands. Oh, really? one of them is actually COVID positive. Wow. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting that that one out of the six would be, and the other the other five aren't, and they spent that much time on a boat. They probably will turn out positive in a few days. Mm. <laughs> um, so, how long, do we know how long they're at sea? You know what? This is a really good question because I was asking this uh, a couple weeks ago. And apparently it's not as long as I thought. Like I thought, oh, like a week, and it really doesn't take that long. Um, so it depends on a number of factors, including including the weather mm -hmm. and what type of vessel they're in, obviously. Yeah. But I'm told that literally they could be here in a matter of like, you know, a day kind of thing. Like it doesn't really take that long. And it also depends on where they come in. So if you notice that the last couple of times they've come in, which is quite interesting, it's been Cayman Brack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're getting to the Brack first. And then, um, you know, we uh, were able to pick them <laughs> up. And they will be transported from Cayman Brack to Grand Cayman. And yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be longer at sea. Are these, uh, is this a motorized uh, boat or um, are they 
drifting. I don't know in this particular case whether it is or not. Mm -hmm. But I have seen recently, I think about maybe a couple, like three boats ago, um, that they did actually have a boat with an engine on it. So it nice. really apparently does depend on on how quickly they can, uh, you know, they can. Yeah. So, um, hmm. so uh, I, I was told with a vessel moving at 10, I did ask a specific question last month, a vessel moving at about 10 miles per hour, they could be here in like 14 hours. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty crazy. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So if they have okay. no motor, it said if they have no motor, dependent on wind, they can, you know, slow it down a little bit. And depending on the current as well, because sometimes there's a current to fight against. Now, right now, the weather out there is a little bit choppy. So yeah. I, yeah. Um, so you don't really need to bring a lot of provisions. I would, you know, like water maybe. And that's, you know, maybe, uh, you know, not, not a lot of food. You're not lasting, trying to last for a week out there at sea right. or anything. Yeah. Huh? So the point of the departure of the vehicle, um, of the vessel, sorry, and trope of the vessel can be critical in determining the duration of the trip. So yes, I have a bummer, though, because you make that trip and then you're just going to get uh, deported back to where you started from. Uh, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and likely they have a chance at applying uh, for, um, for um, political asylum. So I guess there's that slim yeah. chance. Uh, so yes, one is positive and, um, you know, they go through all the isolation protocols and testing and so on, and they will be transporting them to, um, Grand Cayman if they haven't already actually, cause they came in a couple of days ago. Um, public health is not going to be offering district testing. So, um, this is, I think, great. If you are um, interested, you should definitely check out all of the details. Um, basically they're utilizing the civic center. So. West Bay, um, the Bottentown Civic Center, and of course they've already been using the one in um, South Sound. So you know the one in South Sound gets really, really inundated. Like I don't know if you've seen the traffic there in the afternoons. If you've um, heard people say like from one to three o'clock, it's impossible mm -hmm. to travel in South Sound because everyone is parked in the side of the road, and it's just really, really crazy. Like I've seen video footage, people going, "Oh, this is a disaster." Yeah, it happen, and so I think just having less people convening in that one location would be good in any event. Well, we've so talked now, about this for for a long time. It's it yeah. to have all those people testing in tight quarters. It's just you're probably going to get COVID positive from going to get your test. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I guess these people have tested positive already in a lateral flow test, so technically they're already positive. So if you already positive, yeah. you can't yeah. infect each other again. Um, Ed Bush Complex in West Bay from 1 to 2 p.m., Bodentown Civic Center. You don't want to infect those working, though. Sorry? You don't want to infect those working the... the uh, oh, wow. Well, yeah, they're always at high risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bodentown Civic Center, uh, 1 to 2 p.m., and the South Sound Community Center, 1 until 3. So, okay. again, this is for anyone who tests positive on a lateral flow test, and they must receive a confirmation PCR test from public health or from HSA, um, they can go to one of these clinics only. So they're not supposed to be going to McClendon Drive. Lots of rules to try to remember. I know. Uh, so, <laughs> so, much, so much to keep track of. Yep, and you gotta isolate. Make sure if you get that positive LFT, you isolate immediately. And then you're supposed to notify um, the HSA so you can get next available clinic to do your PCR test. All right. So right. confirmation is necessary. 
All righty. Thanks for the headlines this morning. Catch CMR on YouTube and Facebook kicking off right now. And we'll catch you tomorrow for the Thursday headlines. Have a good one. All right. All right. Our segment with us. All right, folks, Buenos Dias, Wagwan, Wagwan. Um, I got a lot going on here today. How are you guys? My hair looked so much better yesterday. I had some nice curls going on. Some of the curls are still there. It's just not as, um, <laughs> it's not as organized as it was. It's chaos. Uh, let's play our intro. Buenos Dias, everybody. Let's kick off our show. You're listening to The Cool Heart Truth. You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmarlroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. All right, folks, good morning. We should play your beloved Alcuman. We'll play it a little bit later on. Um, so Heroes Day is on Monday. It is a public holiday. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. Let's uh, have a quick look here. Yeah, um, I'm glad Blake actually pointed that out because there is a little bit of a contradiction in the press release that went out yesterday. We'll, we'll try to get that clarified in real time if we can. Seems a little bit weird. Buenos dias, everybody. How are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of information to keep up with. I gotta tell you, sometimes your brain's like, hmm, what did that press release say? Hmm. Okie dokie. Good morning, Ervalyn, Marshall, Diamond Princess, Olivia. Boop, boop. Richie Rich is in the house. Oh, no, that's the wrong Rich, Richard. There's two Richards. I always call the other one Richie Rich. This is Mr. Richard Newton from, he's in Texas. Remind me. Leonie, good morning. Louis, Detroit, 37, 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, that's the high. Ooh. Uh, Liasa, good morning. Pure confusion, says Ervlin. A little bit of confusion. Um, I wonder if somebody just typed it wrong. Unless they're reversing what they said last week, which I don't think is the case. Wee wee. Ervlin um, says, because of all the changes and mix that positives are going about. Well, they shouldn't be because I think that part is crystal clear about positives. If you are positive, isolate immediately and notify public health. Lateral flow positive, you're supposed to get a um, confirmation PCR test at just those locations. So we reiterate that. So that part isn't what's confusing. It's the part where it talks about contact, primary contact of a positive person. So if you're positive, 
no confusion. You isolate immediately because you are, at that point, contagious. Good morning, Bishop Hero Blair. Thank you so much. Yes, honey child, the COVID th situation is a bit of a mess. So I had someone yesterday sending some information to me where they were saying that um, that essentially the um, COVID cases are decreasing around the world. And I said, well, where did you get that from? And they said, Google. And I said, oh, you did, did you? And I want to show you guys something because I, I think the situation with Google is really funny. And so I said, okay. Then they sent me this. I didn't even have to ask for it because they must have known exactly what I was thinking when they said Google. That is the very definition of confirmation bias. So I said, um, huh. I said, confirmation bias. If you search for decrease in COVID, what do you think you're going to get? Laughing out loud. You all know me. I had a good laugh at that one. And uh, I'll tell you why this is really interesting. Listen to this. Sometimes you've got to really push the envelope when it comes to how you think and why you think the way that you do. And I dare say, understand, like, if you don't understand that we all have biases, that human beings lean towards confirmation bias, like you want to hear what you believe. You don't want uh, someone disrupting your thought process and telling you something that you have been taught to believe your entire life. Do you know how uncomfortable that makes you feel? Let me show you guys exactly what I mean. Like all of us have been brought up to believe certain things, right? We were brought up with families that believed, I don't know what they believed, but whatever they believed, um, we have been, that's our staunch, that's, listen, that's who we are at our core. Religious beliefs are a big one. Political beliefs are a big one. Um, you know, how we think about family, like the core family and how families are raised. Like those are all really, really big things. And when, when something disrupts your, um, what you've been taught to believe, it makes you uncomfortable and most of us resist it. So you have a core belief about the coronavirus and about COVID that you've gotten from wherever. So if you're leaning towards, oh, I don't believe in the vaccine, I don't trust it, all this kind of stuff, you've gotten that belief from somewhere, right? You have made an unconscious decision to believe information that has been funneled to you largely through social media that, um, someone said my camera's freezing. Let me just have a look here. That, um, you know, has been, let me just, um, just give me one second here. That has been fed to you, right? Um, daily news, let's see. Close out my video editing. Let me just see what's going on here. So you have been uh, literally fed information that, you know, you 
want to believe, first of all. And when you want to believe something, you're going to find as much information as you possibly can to confirm what you're being told. Okay. One second. Let's let me just refresh the stream real quick. All right, there we go. Hopefully that's better. I need some higher speeds, flow, help out a girl. Uh, help me out. Okay, um, I'm hoping that that's better. Let me refresh over here. I gotta tell you, there's a lot of stuff on the network. So occasionally I wouldn't be surprised um, if we have freezing going on. Uh, so I'm hoping to get some of those good speeds from flow here shortly. Um, so yes, all good now? Okay. Did a little bit of a refresh. And I'm trying to close out some messages and stuff as well to see, um, close out some tabs and that sort of thing. Anything that could potentially be used in the internet. So yes, folks, um, the bottom line is uh, you have some very strongly held beliefs and um, at the end of the day, you know, you want to believe what you want to believe. Um, and it's difficult. You, you look for things that agree with your belief system already, right? Whether it's biblical versus whether it's some crazy wannabe scientist who actually isn't an expert in anything. Um, the neighbor next door, you know, who's a dog walker all of a sudden becomes an expert. And it's amazing. I was speaking to someone yesterday um, and she started to say to me, oh, you know, essential oils. Um, when you when you catch COVID, you know, use your essential oils. And um, I'm not going to knock essential oils in any way because I'm sure they're good for a lot of different things. But there's a lot of things that I'm pretty sure essential oils are not going to help you with. And this is where modern medicine and, and uh, non-traditional medicine sometimes really buck heads because you've got uh, evidence that supports certain things and you've got um, evidence that is like, yeah, if it makes you feel better, this is precisely why the placebo effect is so powerful because your mind is an amazing tool. If you believe something is going to make you better, whether it makes you better or not, isn't the point. The mere fact that you believe it, right? You take that placebo tablet and you believe it's going to lower your blood blood pressure, all of a sudden the research is going to show that you might get it lowered by a point or two, although that's a sugar pill. Because the brain is that powerful. The brain is your, actually your most powerful drug when you think about it. But the problem with that is if you're believing the wrong thing <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it's not based on the scientific evidence, I think that that can be a very dangerous position. So this person was telling me about essential oils. And I was like, now y'all know I've been immersed in the COVID conversation for a minute, right? The coronavirus. And I said to her, I said, how is um, how are essential oils going to impact my organs? And she's like, what? And I said, are you aware that one of the long-term effects of the coronavirus of COVID-19 is that it actually impacts your internal organs 
your kidney, your brain. Um, what was the other organ? Uh, the, um, the heart. So your essential oil is going to do what to those organs? And she was like stumped. Like, uh, I'm like, yeah, your essential oils ain't doing jack shit to my kidneys, <laughs> right? It might make me feel better. Smell the aroma of the essential oils, massage. I mean, yeah, those things help. I'm all for alternative medicines where they make sense. Today, I'm going for acupuncture at 12 o'clock. Acupuncture doesn't work for everything. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, if nothing else, it might make me sleep better. I have had it work for pain control before. So I'm willing to try it. And if it doesn't hurt, but at the same time, I don't throw away traditional medicine for the sake of acupuncture. I use it in conjunction with. So I do the physiotherapy. I know the stretches that I'm supposed to be doing, right? It's a comprehensive approach for me. I wear my little brace, which I'm going to put on right now, that helps my tennis elbow. And this has been proven to help because it puts pressure on that muscle that runs the length of the arm. And apparently just pinching that muscle a little bit can give you some relief. So there are days that I put that on. It's a combination of things. Would I be throwing away uh, what traditional medicine tells me just to do acupuncture? Not likely. But there have been times that I've gotten relief from acupuncture where traditional medicine, you know, I was trying it, trying it, trying it, and traditional medicine is kind of like, ooh, this is a chronic pain situation. But I think with confirmation bias, you've got to really, really, really be careful. And so I saw this video the other day. You guys know these master classes that they have online, right? So I saw this video and this got me to thinking about how people think. So when this person sent me the information about COVID numbers being down, I saw that they actually sent me their search results. And this is literally what they did. Let me let me show you all something. Um, because this kind of made me chuckle because I've been having a think about this. And um, this is the very point that is being made in the video that I'm going to show you here in a second. So they sent me their Google search results. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to screenshot it because I want to show you guys. I want you to tell me as we go through this journey together of expanding our minds and learning a little bit about why we think the way we think. Because once you understand why you think the way you think, you would understand that you're not as open to new ideas as you may believe. Not most people. Anything that challenges your core belief system, you're going to have a real problem digesting. So look at this screenshot and tell me what you see as wrong with this. Okay. Good morning, Chantel, Barbara, Dale, Marshall. Says it's hard to change tradition. A lot of people don't want to believe the difference in anything else. All right. So what do you see up with this? With this? First of all, what she searched for, who I don't even know if this is a man or woman, to be honest. I think it's a woman who's messaging me all the time. What they search for is COVID decreasing. So if you search for COVID decreasing, what do you think Google is going to tell you? Or what stories are they going to pull for you of COVID decreasing? So I said, 
wait a minute, this is confirmation bias. You search for decrease in COVID, what do you expect to get? Uh, of course, it's going to only pull up stuff about COVID decreasing. Right? Well, that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. That's the result you're going to get. Now, I want you to open your brains for a second. Have a listen. One of the great challenges in this world is knowing enough about a subject to think you're right, but not enough about the subject to know you're wrong. There's like a gazillion hours of me on the internet. In almost every case, I'm talking about the universe, black holes, the Big Bang, time travel, God. But what I'm gonna do in this masterclass is teach you how to think. The goal here is to train your mind how to see the world differently, how to question what others say. I've come to realize that there are three categories of truth. Personal truth, political truths, and the objective truths that shape our understanding of the universe. The interesting thing about an objective truth is that it's true no matter what. Imagine that. By the time we're done, you will be equipped with some of the methods and tools so you can turn data into information, information into knowledge, knowledge into wisdom. We all have susceptibility to bias. Search engines on the internet are the epitome of confirmation bias. And you're gonna use that as evidence that you are correct? No. The good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it. What does it mean to be skeptical? What does it mean to be convinced by data? A proper skeptic questions what they're unsure of, but recognizes when valid evidence is presented to change their mind. I will equip you to not only find objective truths, but then communicate to others how to get there. It's not good enough to be right. You also have to be effective. The less connected you are to what is objectively true, the less likely you will be able to make decisions that will benefit your life, your life, the life of your family, and even civilization itself. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, and this is my masterclass. Trust me when I tell you. All right, sign me up. I am so taking that masterclass because I know that I don't know everything. And I know that there's a whole ton that I don't know. I know a fraction of what's going on. And I want to know more. And I want to push the envelope. And I want to question my confirmation biases. What we know, these are facts, right? Because of Omicron, the U.S. is now pushing more than 800,000 cases per day. That's a fact. So when you're talking about Google is telling you that something is reducing, I'm just like, uh, say what? Reduction where? There's some minute place um, in the middle of whole town, Georgia, that has five people living there that they've seen a reduction. 
Because everybody else is dead? I'm confused. Okay? Because that, that's, that's not what's happening in the real world. Your confirmation bias has made you go and click for what you want to see. And then you made the mistake of sending it to me because, you know, I'm the wrong person. Because I actually believe in, really? Is this true? I'm going to figure this out. Right? And the facts show cases per day up 38% over the last 14 days. Tests up 81%. Hospitalizations up 47%. Deaths up 43%. This is the coronavirus map in the U.S. Latest map and case count. Fully vaccinated in the U.S. 63%. At least one dose 75%. Ages 12 and up at 85%, 72%. 65% and up. Boy, those old people took advantage of the vaccine. 95% at least have one dose and 88% fully vaccinated. So if you want to look at the peaks and the valleys of what's happening, right? Don't come talking to Sandra Hill about, oh, COVID numbers are dropping. Say what? In what universe are you people living? Come on now. Just work with me a little bit. They're, they're people who spend all of their time, folks, putting this information together. I am not an epidemiologist. That is not my specialty. Okay? That's not what I do. What I do is I listen to the experts from more than one source. And I say, right, who's putting this information together? Ooh, someone who's an epidemiologist or 25 years experience? Uh, who am I to question them? I'm just me, folks. <laughs> I don't have 25 years experience as an expert in anything. I'm a jack of all trades. Now, there's some things I might know a little bit more than the average person, but that doesn't mean that I'm an expert. There are people out there who are experts. And I bow down to the experts. I give way to the experts, right? So let me give you all an example of how expert information and knowledge is so incredibly important. They've even got this broken down by state. Okay, so they've got cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. So the cases are on the increase significantly. See the little bar graph there? And when you click on it, it'll show you exactly what's going on from July the 1st. You see, right? Now, here's the important thing, folks. The people who put all this trending information together, where are the hotspots? My God, the U.S. looks like it is on fire. Everywhere almost is a hotspot. There are very few places that are in that light kind of yellowish. Where is this? Can we go to Carter County? Is that Montana? That's where we need to go. Like in Wheat, Wheatland County? I've never even heard of these places. They're, they're like one of the few remaining places that is still kind of in the yellow. And it's not even the light yellow. It's like right in here. 
Everybody else is like, look, look at this. Solid, the darkest color possible. Ooh, where's this little place? Oh, if you live in Oldham County, Texas, you might still have a chance. Folks, do you understand what it takes to put this level of data together? You can go from county to county. Look at, look at Arizona. Arizona has so many counties. Wow. You can go into every little county. Average cases per day and then per 100,000. And then they show you the 14-day trend. Look at how that changes. These people are experts. This is, this is amazing to be able to put a map of this magnitude together. Look at poor Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Alaska. Every county in Alaska. I don't even know where North Slope Barrow, Alaska is, but it's on the map. Then they give you this, the trends by state. Look at Wisconsin, up 260%, up 216%. I don't see any decreases here, and I'm sure we could go through every single state. But where are the decreases that this person is, is DMing me about on WhatsApp? You see, this is why y'all be making my head go, go, go a little bit crazy. Because I'm, I'm reading your messages. I'm like, um, something wrong with y'all. And honestly, I ended up ending the conversation by saying the following. Right? Here, here's, here's the bottom line. You can send me this information. It's not going to change what I think because I rely on factual information for the most part. Okay? I know I have my confirmation biases. But with COVID, I walked into the whole coronavirus situation having no bias at all. I have a bias towards science. I have a bias towards medicine. And I have a bias towards research. One thing you know about me, one of the reasons I did so well in school, especially in university, is I believe in research. So when we had a paper to write and they're like, here's your subject, go away. I'm going to research that from yin to yang. I believe in research. Hmm. That's how you find those obscure cases that when you bring them to court, even the judges in Cayman are like, oh, I've never seen this case before. Hmm. Thank you, Miss Sandra. Maybe someday you should be a lawyer. I'm like, mm. research can be your friend. But researching the wrong information, not looking at the source of where you're getting it from, believing everything you read is a problem. You need to know where you're getting it from. This is really, really important. By the way, I got some stuff going on here today. I just see the truck pulled up. Um, some cabinet work is going on. So I think he got the instructions to go around the back. So I shouldn't have to go to him, but we'll see. And then I got a printer guy come in to look at my printer. Yes, and my printer decided to stop scanning. I was like, what? The day I need to send CNB something, it's like, go. Anyway, um, so I then said to the person, um, I'm a little bit busy today. I was really busy yesterday. I had a lot of work to do, a lot of paperwork and filling out this form and sending this to the bank and doing this and writing a proposal. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I got to get back to work because Google, incorrect Google searches is not going to pay my CUC bill. The person responds and say, pray, pray about it. Is CUC taking prayers now to pay their bill? Can I call CNB and say, here's my prayer coin, my prayer cloth? Can this cover my mortgage for the month? I'm talking in real terms. I believe in prayer too. But I also know that God said, get up off your rear end every day and get to work. That's the biggest miracle of the day. 
I'm going to give you health and strength. And the miracle that you're going to help perform is you're going to get up and do your part. That's, that's 99%. God got you. Don't worry about that part. He got you. He's waking you up every morning. Thank the Lord for that. Can we get an amen up in here? But if you sit down and do nothing with all of your God-given talent that you believe you have, what would be the point exactly? God, not going to pay my CUC bill, me just sitting down and praying about it. Oh, no, he ain't. Cayman Brack is coming up here shortly. I'm waiting on the good pastor. Ooh, y'all in for some hot tea from the Brack. If y'all think the Brack not got drama. Mm-mm-mm. Sometimes they got more drama than, than Grand Cayman. Just so y'all don't know nothing about it. They be keeping it on the down low. Anyway, um, let me just message him. I see him going. Uh, yes, y'all. We we got a lot of almost um over eight hundred thousand cases a day. And let's be very, very clear about that number because you know that that is more cases. Um, that's what they know about, right? There is more than that. Is it realistic to say that the U.S. might in real terms have over a million cases a day? Oh yeah, that ain't no joke. That is for real. That's the daily average that they're aware of. That's what's being reported. So far, 67, call it 68 if you rounded up, million cases total reported. It's crazy. You see, the thing with the Omicron variant is it is very, very infectious. So they're having a bit of a problem. So they believe, this is what they said. They said most of the country continues to see explosive growth, but infection levels seem to peak in some of the places that were first hit by Omicron. We're talking about Puerto Rico, Cleveland, Chicago, New York, Washington, D.C. are among the places beginning to see an improvement. Today is Wednesday. Here in the Cayman Islands, we will start to get weekly reports on Wednesdays to follow these trends. You notice what I just showed you? Did you see what it said? 14 day change. It didn't say one day change, two day change, which is what y'all have become accustomed to. That doesn't tell you anything in terms of the trends, right? You can't really do proper epidemiological mapping when you're looking at a number every single day. You need to do it over a period of time. And that's why we're changing to the worldwide standard of a week. Sorry says, I love Neil, love the Cosmo series. I've actually never even watched it. But after I saw that, that really got me to thinking specifically about Google. And I'm going to do his masterclass. Um, we have a lot of the masterclasses on our Plex network. And I got to tell you something, I'm going to start expanding my memory, my brain here in relation to those as well. 
So, um, Carol, absolutely. I'm trying to remember if I left the sliding door open for this guy. Uh-oh. I think I may not have. Louise says that's why people don't learn. Um, UK cases are dropping dramatically. Well, let me let me see. Now you can't go to Google and say UK cases dropping. That's that that is the very question that you're asking Google is confirmation bias. Okay, so let us see. Headlines for today. So Boris uh, Johnson has just announced that he's dropping all, um, and, and he doesn't, he's a person who, he, <laughs> he doesn't believe in restrictions really, it seems. So he is again saying that he's gonna be dropping all restrictions regardless of what's going on with Omicron. You know what? I'm sure Boris at this point is like, if you're gonna take the vaccine and give yourself a fighting chance, fine. If you don't, fine, you're gonna die and we're gonna just keep it moving. You guys are disposable. Headline, um, the Omicron shift in Europe, pandemic or endemic. We can look at the data for the, um, okay, give me, give me one second. I think I've forgotten to actually open the sliding door. So give me one quick second. Enjoy this music and I shall be back. Good folks, my apologies. One workman down, one more to go. Um, I think the printer guy is coming around at nine nine o'clock. Okay, all right. So um, let's look at some some data in the UK. So this is their official site, coronavirus.data.gov.ky. All right. So they're at percentage of population age. So second dose, they say they're at eighty three point four percent. Really, they got that high. Didn't know they had such high vaccination numbers. Maybe that's why um, Boris doesn't care. Because he's like, well, the few that aren't vaccinated, well, too bad for them. Hmm. So positive daily as of yesterday. Um, the 18th, 94,000. The trend for the last seven days is actually down. Okay. 38.9%. So they peaked, uh, let me show you guys this. And again, I'm not here to argue with the data. If the data says X, then it's X. You know, it is what it is. 
uh, let me show you all. <clears throat> so, um, 38.9%, but I mean, it's all relative, right? So when Carol says it's dropping dramatically, that is a true statement. But dropping dramatically from a peak from, I mean, I don't know if it's ever peaked this high before. Um, what day in January was this? Their thing is not quite as helpful as, oh, here we go. All right. So from April the 1st of 2020, right, up until January, this is, this is the highest that it's ever peaked. So dropping dramatically, you're still not even down to the highest before that, which looks like it was January of last year, like December, January of last year. So yes, it has dropped from a ridiculous number of daily cases from around, it looks like January the 3rd. Can y'all see that? Let me make it a little bit bigger. Was this crazy peak? And now it's dropped down to still levels more than you ever saw before. <laughs> so eh, should that give you much comfort to say it's dropped dramatically 38% from here to here? I guess because it's dropping, that's something positive. Yes. But let's be very, very honest here. You're still higher than it's ever been. right i'm just saying this is where interpretation of data is also really really important now let's forget about the the, the positive numbers because everybody's going to catch it right everybody's going to get covid positive everyone at some point is going to have it you understand what i'm saying no essential oil in the world is going to ultimately save you just like quite frankly because of the way the variants have been operating not even the vaccine will stop you from getting it. You will get it. The question becomes, how sick is it going to make you? And is it going to kill you? Simple. So the deaths within the 28 days of positive test, right, is up 14.7%. So should I be comforted? by the fact that the numbers are dropping? Well, I guess in a way, maybe, because eventually, hopefully, if the infection numbers are dropping, that means that the hospitalization numbers are gonna drop and eventually the deaths are going to drop. Because what tends to happen is your infection rates increase. So you see this increase and you're not gonna see the true reflection of what this means until sometime later when it comes to deaths and people admitted. So over the last seven days, you've had a decrease in the number of people admitted. Increase in deaths for the same period and a decrease in the number of people admitted. So this is where Dr. Newton, it would be great to have her on the show to really break down for us how these numbers are tied into each other. It's also important to know how much more testing they're doing. See how they say here, virus test conducted?
You could be conducting more tests for different reasons or less tests for different reasons. Maybe you're even running out of test kits. What's all the dark coloring mean here for the UK? What's the blue? They could do a little bit better with the mapping. <laughs> Let's move on here and see how interactive there. So this is the case rate. So the case rate, 400 is 799. That's, um, that's this color. Then you've got these darker ones. So anybody live in, in Glasgow? Is that Scotland? <laughs> Y'all are faring a little bit better, it seems. Oh, no. You know where I want to live? Where is this part? What part of England is this? Uh, where is where is this? What? Nah. Oh, I don't even know where this is. But wherever this is, this is where we need to be, out in the little islands here. And how about over here? Orkney Islands? Where is this? How many people live there? Could we survive? Is it too cold? What's going on? Shetland Islands? I think I've heard of Shetland before. So they seem to be doing relatively well compared to everybody else. Maybe just because it's like 500 people that live there. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, look at Belfast. Oh, my God. Manchester, Birmingham, London. Deep, deep red. Is that the deepest color or does it go a little bit deeper? I can't tell. They should have made this a little bit a shade different because I can't tell the difference between this one and this one. I think they're this one. I don't think it's this one, but it's really hard to tell on the map. What part of the UK is down here? What is this? Devon, where is this little place? Cornwall and Isles of Chile. That's that's a little bit better. What's this little piece on the end here? Is that a little island? The Isle of Wight? Eh, still got a lot of cases there. So, you know, it's it's really quite relative. Um, they're tracking seven day previous seven-day period. We're gonna be doing that here shortly as well. Once a week. And I'm looking forward to getting some really easy to read graphs and stuff like this. Like that would be fantastic. We see the trends. Now, I don't know if our people locally are gonna go back and provide, cause I mean, they haven't been doing it. Y'all wanna talk about what a fantastic job the last government was doing. They wouldn't even hire an epidemiologist, y'all. <laughs> You're in the middle of a pandemic. Let me, let me, let me try and break this down for y'all. Cause y'all think I'd be picking on the, on the past government for whatever reason. Um, and I really, even in the world of politics, I know I have my confirmation biases, but I really, really do my best to try to look at people as objectively as possible. You guys don't know how much I try. Even if I don't like you as a person, to me, that has nothing to do with you as a politician. I, I separate the two. I compartmentalize in my head, right? Do I like politicians? who are out there philandering, hanging out at the bar all day, cheating on their wives and the poor stupid wives sitting there looking pretty, accepting a new BMW as a consolation prize because you've been sharing your man for the past 25 years with other women. You know, he's, he's left you before for another woman. Other people had to tell him, no, go back to your wife. It's a bad look, especially if you want to get involved in politics. You know, I hear the backstories and I know it all. And I think, wow, if that was a woman, you'd have so many scarlet letters wearing all over your forehead, your chest, your back, your bonquet. You'd be covered with, with scarlet letters. 
They'd be ringing the bell. Harlot, harlot, coming through. Don't elect her to public office, but as long as it's a man, he's wearing a pants and has something in it, I guess. His behavior becomes acceptable in a community like this, because that's just, this is the Caribbean folks. That's, we're okay with these things, apparently. I don't have any respect for him on that level whatsoever. That doesn't mean that he can't actually be a good politician. The same skills that he uses to convince women in the bedroom that he's some Don Juan could be very good skills in the world of politics because it's all kind of the same in terms of charming people. Sweet words and that sort of thing, I suppose. But when I look objectively at somebody's track record, something's wrong. Because I saw a country going into a pandemic, right? With no level of ever being prepared because we just never expected it. Fair enough. Nobody saw COVID coming. We're all in the same boat. But gosh, gone it. I would have been like, we need to prepare right now. So you've got a chief medical officer who has no experience. He is a nice guy, did a okay job. The poor man was so sh- I t- kept telling y'all, y'all had the man stressed out. Poor Dr. Lee had to take a vacation because he's becoming physically ill with the stress that he was under in this position. And I'm sure that lawsuit and the scrutiny that came with that didn't help. Because you went from being up here in the public eye, being glorified, and everybody loving you, everybody loving, oh, I can't wait till the press conference today so I can see Dr. Lee. All y'all women in these women's group are just fawning all over the man, knowing he's not interested in you. But regardless, in your head, he was the next best thing to slice bread. And I appreciated his calm demeanor. There are times he got it epically wrong. Trust me, I was sitting there listening to him going, dude, that's not what the science is saying. A couple of days later, oh yeah, I made a mistake. We're all human beings. I'm going to just I'm gonna let it slide. But see, your memories, when you be giving people OBEs, ABCs, XYZs, knighthoods and all kind of stuff, demonstrate confirmation bias <laughs> and that you really are like not paying attention to the facts. Why did we not have an epidemiologist in all that time? Why were we not adhering to the weekly standard of reporting? It, it took Dr. Newton to come here and say, oh, y'all are doing this wrong and you need to change your reporting standards. Last government, oh, lock everybody down. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. How do you reopen the country? How do you reopen it safely? Nothing. It really blows my mind. The number of people that sit back and say, oh, Alden did a fantastic job. A fantastic job where? Point exactly to me. Tell me what he did other than lock you down. That was so fantastic. They had breaches during his tenure too. In fact, let me all remind you of how silly you're, do- you're being when you make such a comment. And someone like me then looks at this and I say, mm, y'all just like the man. And that is clouding your judgment. Remember the um, Canadian couple? 
I gotta bring them up because child, they are redunculous. They're the ones who breached, um, who are their names again? These are these rich people. Can I tell you that sometimes rich people really get on my last nerves? Because they really believe, oh God, what the heck are their names again? Hmm. They really believe that there's a different set of rules for them in this world. I guess maybe there, there are different sets of rules when you're when you're ultra rich, especially. Because um yesterday I was at the bank. Here this conundrum. You know, you know, sometimes I just have to walk away from a situation. Because I'm like, if I get involved in this, first of all, I was in a hurry. And I was like, if I get involved in this, this, this situation is going to go sideways. This woman walks into CNB with her dog. Now, y'all know I love me a dog. I have confirmation bias in favor of dogs. And this is one of them little, he was a gray looking poodle. Super cute and everything. She's an older lady. And she wants to go into the bank with her dog. And there's CMB staff telling her, no, we can't let you in the bank with a dog. We have a no pet policy. And she's like, well, I have a safe deposit box here. Ooh, the, the privilege that was oozing out of her. I was like, Sandy, mind your own business. Because you know, I was like, what? You have a safety deposit box here? Good for you. How much money is in it? What's in the safety deposit box? Which you must have got some billion dollar coins and billion dollar pieces of I have a safety deposit box here. I, I, have, I have a safety deposit box here. I'm thinking, and what else you got here? <laughs> An account with a million dollars in it or is it just a safety deposit box? What the hell is in this box that allows you to bring in your dog? You got some dog biscuits? Some dog treats in a safety deposit box? And then she starts pulling the, um, you know, I, I, I won't break here anymore kind of card. And oh, I could see the poor little Caymanians like, Okay, miss, we're gonna we're gonna speak to somebody. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Honestly, I was just like, no, I was I was trying to go to my hair appointment. And I was just like, let me not take this on because if that was me and my little Coco, and this dog wasn't no cuter than Coco, believe me, and no more loved and no more special than Coco. Would the would the staff at CMB have let me in the bank with my dog? Now, had I heard this woman say, um, you know, this is a situation where I need this dog. This is a um, emotional support dog or a dog for physical therapy or something. If I had heard that, I might have been more inclined to accept her position that the dog was required. I'm trying to find the story for you guys. I'm not finding it, but I'm going to tell you all something here in a second. Right? That might have been a, an excuse that I could have lived with. But the, uh, did they bend to her? Of course. I ran in and handed in some papers. By the time I come in, the woman walking through her dogs, I said to the security guard, yo, I sure hope that when I bring my next dog in here, y'all don't be saying jack sh it to me. Because, you know, this is a double standard. This isn't any therapy dog. She doesn't need this dog. Make the security guard hold the dog. And I've, I've had to do that before. I've taken Coco shopping. 
And then I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going to run into Price Right. And, you know, you can't take a dog inside there. I didn't argue. I just said, can you hold her for me? I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm picking up one thing. Because I wasn't going to leave her in the car. But you see, privilege. So speaking of privilege, I can't find their names right now, but they're they're on here somewhere. Um, This couple breached quarantine. This was the couple that breached quarantine when we were in like real lockdown and they had breached it numerous times. This was a couple who came here and on the very day that they came here, they started to breach quarantine. They were out to dinner. They were taking walks on the beach. They were doing the most. When they finally um, got caught, right? Let's see here now. What did they do? Well, let me tell you what, what, the perp, what the problem was. And again, this goes back to the point of people saying, oh, the government did such a great job. The previous government did such a great job with the lockdown. I said, please demonstrate to me where that is true. Because actually what happened is this couple breached quarantine. The previous government was supposed to have passed the legislation making it a more serious offense. $10,000 offense as opposed to a $1,000 fine. So they breached quarantine multiple times. I forget the count. And they only ended up paying $1,000 because the previous government forgot to gazette the legislation. Oh, yeah, we're going to pass it. We're going to increase the fines, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much, Pascal Terjanian and his wife. Yes, thank you for reminding me of the names. Mm-hmm. Let me let me show y'all now. Thank you for that. I, I just couldn't. Their names weren't just weren't coming to me. This is the same woman who told me she'll pay me $1,000 to take down the news stories. She might, must be out of her damn mind. Couple breaches quarantine numerous times and only find $1,000. You know why? Let's go up and read a little bit more. The courts weren't able, because y'all were cussing the courts. Oh my God, the courts, is, the courts couldn't do nothing about it because the government, the same government that is now being knighted, the same government that has received accolades, right? Thank you. Everybody's sending me the stories about these people. Oh, this dude, he's a Quebec dentist and boy, he's something else. The courts couldn't do nothing about it because the only thing that they had was the ability to charge him, prosecute him and pay a thousand dollar fine. You guys might remember this case because the very next breach that happened after this was the Skylar Mack breach. Poor little Skylar comes in at 18, 19 years old and she breaches it and she goes off to jail, but a couple, a mature couple who have no consideration for the law, who breached it numerous times out to dinner. Um, they were fooling the security guard. Like one would be talking to him while the other one's sneaking out the other way. I mean, they were, they were organized with how they were breaching COVID regulations. And they did all of that and only got fined a thousand dollars. And because then the government remembered See what it says here? 
This delay meant that Magistrate Foldats could not apply the $10,000 fine to Dr. Pascal and Christina Gurinian, Chirajan, whatever the heck their names are, for breaching the provisions numerous times. They had them on camera. They were staying at Regal Beach Club. The camera caught them going in and out about their business, waiting for the security guard, thank you, Garnett, to turn one direction. And then they would run out the next way, taking romantic walks on the beach. They must have thought that they owned the beach, child. Taking romantic walks on the beach hand in hand because nobody else was in the beach because the rest of us were in lockdown. Everybody else, you know, had no beach access. But, oh, they were walking around like nobody's business. Your previous government that you all say did such a fantastic job forgot to enact legislation that would have put these offenders in jail. Now, let me let me show y'all something here because somebody just sent me the Montreal Gazette article. No, Montreal Gazette, I don't want to sign up for no headline news. Look at this. This guy has a history, right? Now, these are the type of people that report your website trying to get articles taken down. They report photos, talking about, oh, their photos are copyrighted. I wonder how Montreal Gazette has been able to keep up the photo because that's what they did to us. Because, oh, he doesn't want people to know who he is. If y'all read the story about this guy, a controversial dentist who practices in Montreal, he is something else. So this is actually about their case here. Kicked out of the Cayman Islands. <laughs> but y'all need to go back and read the history, like Google his name. Speaking of Google, Google his name to see the type of person he is. He was called a public menace by a disciplinary board in Canada for what they say is years of egregious behavior. One of 22 cases in the Tarzanian affair languishing in a legal quagmire since 2006. Four new charges have been filed against him since 2010. The board said he's a menace to public health. That's what the Provincial Professional Order of Dentists said. They want him barred from practicing as a dentist immediately. Accused of billing fraud. Faking a patient's signature on an insurance claim. This is the kind of stuff anywhere else would send you to jail. Let me increase this so y'all can see it for yourselves. Y'all know I not misreading nothing. Overcharging. Claiming fees for services not rendered or completed. Intimidation of patients and other dentists who've criticized his work. Buying excessive, excess, excessive sorry, quantities of prescription painkillers. Doing substandard dental work. Performing unnecessary, wrong, or improper treatments. The list is long. And he has been found guilty and fined in some cases. And he continues to practice. He actually has three, three different uh, offices. Three different clinics. Mm -mm -mm. He was even accused of something sexual with patients as well. Y'all need to read this. I'm going to give you all the link. Let's give the Montreal Gazette a big applaud this morning. Y'all go read that. This is, the, this, is, this is your government. This is the previous government that y'all said did such a fantastic job. I could go through and point out 
way more things where they falter. The point is confirmation bias is tricky. You like Alden and your brain, he did a fantastic job, whether he did or didn't. That, that ain't me, right? Y'all know where I stand with this PAC government. I prefer them to what we had. I'm willing to give them a chance. But if you think that my name is fool, fool, Sandra, you got me mixed up with somebody else. I will criticize them quicker than anybody. If, if somebody likes you, they're going to tell you the truth. When people don't like you, they're going to make you go out there looking like a fool. Oh, yes. Oh, that outfit looks good on you, girl. You're so pretty. Meanwhile, you're looking like a two-bit stripper. You ain't pretty. You ain't classy. You look like a clown. Your makeup not done properly or whatever. Let's not pick on men the, and, and women. Some of y'all men be walking out there looking jacked up. Your pants are too tight, making you look suspect. Right? You crusty. You're not putting on lotion. All these things. People who like you will, will tell you, oh, you look good. An honest person who would be a friend or a foe, it doesn't matter. Because even a foe can be honest with you. They're going to tell you, hmm. Maybe you need to lotion up a little bit. Or maybe you need to comb your hair. Maybe you need to, you know, they'll tell you. Or they're not saying anything at all and they just make you look like a fool. Hello, Robert. Thank you so much. Um, how many people don't you get use of uh, off to keep mosquitoes away until they're bit by mosquito? The national bird. I don't use off if I can help it. I don't like putting anything on my skin that is going to seep in, including off. But boy, yeah, those mosquitoes are horrible. But why are we talking about mosquitoes? Uh, Lily says the UK has stations, um, COVID vaccine, vaccine stations, and pharmacies. Most places do. Even in the US, you can go and bloop. Get it? Just like that. Not a big deal. Keep it moving. Uh, Tracy says, my family are in the northeast of England, and it is right there. Everyone is getting it. Folks, everyone is getting it here, too. Sure, Rainbow, I saw the dog. All the toes are polished. Oh, I didn't even notice his toes. So I guess it's probably a female dog. Her toes are polished too. Oh, I'm sure the dog is nice. Like I said, I love dogs. This had nothing to do with the dog. The, my only question was, does CNB have a policy about dogs or not? You know, the same time I saw the dog, I was like, where is Sandy, man? And you come walking in. Girl, yes. That was me going, listening to this argument. I was really trying to mind my own business. I got to tell you, because I was in a hurry. Like I said, my, my scanner, printer, combo, whatever. The second I printed the stuff that I needed to sign in, send back to CNB, all of a sudden it's bloop, bloop, and giving some error message. And I couldn't scan it. So I was like, oh my God, I've been trying to get this thing done for like over a year now. So I said, you know what? I was already running late for Rocio. She had another person she's working on. I said, perfect. Let me just run into CNB and hand these in. Well, as I run into CNB, I see this, transaction happening with the woman she was walking straight through and they stopped her and she went back to kind of like by the security guard in the little lobby area and i i come here i got a deposit box da, 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 and i heard all this and i was like mm. i said sandy mind your own business today just go and i was like but you know i still had to say in the end 
to the security guard and some staff. I'm like, when I bring my dog in here, y'all better not be saying jack shit to me. Because I want to I wanna walk in there, like Mr. Um, Dick, what his name was? The guy with the quarry, Dick uh, Christian. Was that his name? Who used to walk in with his little dog everywhere. He could take the dog into restaurants and y'all knew better than to say anything to him. I want to put my dog in a little foo-foo bag too and walk around with it. I love taking dogs out places. That's that's one of the things I loved about having a smaller dog. I used to take my big dogs, you know, came out of, well, came out of Bay wasn't around then, but other places, you know, they love to go out. They love to swim. They love to see stuff. Dogs are very curious creatures. They're into it. Oh yeah, I'm good for a car ride. Let's go. I actually had a dog that you said the word car. He was by the front door. We started out, we'd say, like, oh, let's go bye-bye car. And he'd be like, by the time you got to bye-bye, his ears are perking up. And he just needed you to say car. And we would play with this dog all the time because he also knew the word beach really well. So I'd be like, um, you know, let's go to the beach. And at some point I thought to myself, it has to be the way that I'm saying it, why the dog knows where we're going. So I would start kind of like tricking the dog. I could sit on the sofa and i go, hmm, you know, I really feel like I could go to the beach. And I would say very monotone. His name was, this was Oscar and Rupert. And Rupert was such a smart dog. He would sit up and be like, oh, I heard the word beach. Let's go. And he was like, by the front door. Then I started spelling it. I tell you no word to lie. I can't remember. Mary, do you remember this? Because I've showed it to a couple of my friends. I'm like, y'all don't believe me. I started to spell the word outside and beach. So I'd be like, O-U-T. And he'd sit up. But if I didn't finish the word, he'd lie back down. Like he knew how to spell the entire word. It was so amazing. So I'd go O-U-T-S-I-D-E by the front door. Beach, B-E-A-C, by the front door. So, you know, dogs, they love going out. So I'm telling y'all, when I get another dog, and I don't know when that's going to be, uh, Gigi was asking for a hamster the other day. I was like, no. She's like, how about a guinea pig? I was like, mm. my first pet was a hamster. Boy, Ugh, they're a lot of work <laughs> having to clean that cage. And then they need something to like gnaw on with those teeth. And then they don't live very long. You get used to them and you start to love them and stuff with their quirky ways. And then next thing you know, they die on you. I was like, I can't deal with them. Like at least a dog, well, and came in. Even the best of dogs being killed by the neighbors. So I don't know how long they're really going to last. Um, Marvis says in 2004, the then government did such a phenomenal job to bring Cayman back from Ivan's destruction. Which politician was knighted for this? To me, this would have been more deserving. Marva, you're thinking a little bit too much this morning, you yeah. know. Good point. I mean, of all the things that people could be knighted for, I mean, it is weird to me. It really is weird to me. Now, I don't know. Good morning, Carmely. You remember Oscar and Rupert? Oh, God, I loved those dogs. I brought those dogs from the States. Like, every dog to me is like a child. You know, they all have their different personalities and... Oscar was the kind of dog when I got him from the litter. I should have known from then. He was kind of the rut of the litter too. Um, but he seemed to have a little bit more spunk than the rest of the litter. And that's why I took him, right? But let me tell y'all, he was, you know, you know how some people say, oh, that's only a face a mother could love, or that's only a personality a mother could love. Like it takes a special, 
when you have children that are um, different, to me, dogs are like that. It takes really a little bit extra to love them. He was a sweet dog in his own way, but child, he had a he has a crazy personality. He would steal food from children. He would go and knock the food out of their hands. Like they'd be standing up at the beach with a little plate of food. And Oscar would be like, oh, a hot dog. Okay, well, I want that hot dog. He'd go knock the food out the hand, steal the hot dog, and run off. And the poor child would be like, where that dog sold my hot dog? And I was like, Oscar, oh my God. No, sir. I think there's somebody at the front door. Let's see. Oh, yes. Who is this? Is this Jehovah Witness? Okay. Hold on. Let me talk to my ring here. Hello? Hello? Can I help you? Hi, good morning. I'm from Human Business Machine. Uh, yes, this is your printer. Oh, you're a little bit early. No problem. I'm coming. All right. Sorry, what? No problem. I like people who are early, chill. All right, folks. Um, give me one quick second here. Uh, let's play Bobo and TD. <laughs> Pepe, what are you making this time? A special elixir to become Pepe the Invincible. Oh boy. Actually, Pepe, we have a job to do. What? A mission for Pepe the Invincible? Okay, so there's a coronavirus test that we can do at home. Yes, we don't need to go to the doctor or hospital. I know, it's a lateral flow test. Correct, lateral flow test or LFTs. Both grown-ups and kids use these more frequently to help slow the spread of COVID-19 in our community. So, we thought we would help show you how to use it. I agree. We should all know how to do it. And it works like a science experiment. Let's get started! Before taking your lateral flow test, remember not to eat or drink for at least 30 minutes. I think that becomes the most challenging part of the test. I agree. Every good scientist knows to keep our work areas clean and tidy when starting an experiment. So begin by cleaning the space you will use for your test. And if you're doing multiple tests, remember to clean your testing area and wash your hands very well in between doing each test. Use a paper towel to prevent cross-contamination. Cross-contamination. When germs get transferred from one person or object to another person or object. Wash your hands for at least 30 seconds and clean the area you use. Open your kit. Lay out the contents. Make sure you get a box of tissues or some tissue paper. Now, look at the items from your kit. Check to make sure nothing looks broken, missing, or damaged. Read all the instructions for your test before you do anything. We use the FlowFlex test, but most lateral flow test instructions go something like this. Step 1. Remove the foil from the top of the extraction buffer tube. Because tubes can't stand up by themselves, place it into the hole in your kit box. If your kit comes with a tube holder, put it in the tube holder. Step 2. Get the swab packaging. It looks like a Q-tip. Don't touch the soft side with your hands. If you touch it with your hands, the test won't work correctly. 
Yes, that's right. The soft part will go into your nose, but not very far. Only about one and a half centimeters or half inch. Step three: rotate the swab five times, brushing it against the inside of your nostril. <laughs> That looks a bit ticklish. Yes, rubbing it against the side of your nose will probably tickle a little. When done with one nostril, use the same swab on the other side and rotate it five times again. Step four. Put it into the tube and swirl it gently for 30 seconds. Step five: Gently squeeze the side of the tube while rotating the swab five times. See, just like this. This gentle squeezing while rotating the swab makes sure you get everything off the swab and into the mixture. When you finish turning it, remove the swab while squeezing the tube to ensure you get everything. Step six. Now watch closely. Attach the dropper tip firmly onto the extraction buffer tube. Make sure that it goes on good and proper, because you will mix everything thoroughly by swirling and maybe even gently flicking the bottom of the tube. Step seven. Now you'll need the pouch that contains the cassette, or as I call it, the rectangular results thingy. So. Take that out of the pouch and lay it flat. Gently squeeze the tube. Put four drops on the specimen well, like this. Easy peasy. Almost there. Now just set the timer for 15 to 30 minutes and wait for the results. Results have come in. Drum roll, please. I see a red line. A line across the C means that you have a COVID negative result. That means the test did not find traces of COVID proteins, called antigens, in the sample. A line across the C and the T means that you have a COVID positive result. Don't worry if you test positive. It just means you need to take care of yourself. Your parent or guardian will let you know what to do, and if they need more guidance, they can always call the flu hotline on one eight hundred five three four eight six zero zero. If you get no line across the C at all, it means that your test did not work properly. That means you have to get another kit and do it again. That line across the C should always show up. And that's it. All done. Just make sure you clean up and throw all the testing bits away. Wash your hands after the test for at least thirty seconds, and you're good to go. Remember to report your results to your school and follow the directions they give you. If you find yourself feeling worried, sad, or even angry about taking a COVID test, remember you can ask for help. Some people may feel anxious about getting a positive result. Talk to your parents or guardians. You can even talk to your school counselor. You can also call the mental health helpline on one eight hundred five three four six four six three to talk to someone who helps kids with their feelings, like Miss Sophia. Stay, Stay safe, everybody. Thank, Thank you for watching. Bye.
thanks to the uh, Cayman Islands Red Cross and the HSA for that super useful video on how to do a proper lateral flow test. So let's talk about the BRAC drama, folks. Um, we're waiting in our guests to join us. Now, this is a bit of a, a very interesting situation. Um, let me start to introduce the topic a little bit. So when, he, when the guest comes on, it'll make complete sense in terms of what's going on, right? Ay, ay, ay. Boy, Brackers. Y'all know how the story go over there. So they love drama just as much as anybody else, apparently. Um, so here's what we know. Mm -mm -mm. Remember last week or week before, we did a story on the Brack Church that was like a super spreader event. And uh, basically, we understood that um, the HSA was contact tracing about 60 people that attended that church, um, either Christmas or New Year's event. They're not really sure where the infection exactly started, but it was over that week period uh, with concerns that they might actually have a super spreader event on their hands. So what that means is someone was positive and they went to church and, you know, I keep telling you guys this, the top three places to catch the coronavirus is bars and restaurants, churches, and the gym. Just the nature of the types of businesses and bars. There's like a lot of people all packed together. They tend to take off their masks. They're going to be like talking to each other in close quarters. Your loud music you can't hear, so you get right up in somebody's face. You're definitely not social distancing in a bar. I've never been to a bar yet where I see anyone who's, who's social distancing. It's not even possible, to be quite frank, right? So these things, church, the same thing. You're, you're sitting next to each other, crunched into church, and you're singing. And there are certain types of activities that spread virus particles further. Like if you're jogging and exercising, hence the situation with the gym. We said this from early on in the pandemic. Research was showing very, very early on that the six feet in most situations is useful. But in some situations, it, it, it's you might as well throw that out, out the window. So if you're jogging, even outside, you're spreading particles that are traveling much farther than six feet, right? Because you're bringing up, you're jogging and breathing and, you know, somebody else jogging by you, they're going to be getting um, some of your particles. And most people are not going to go jogging with a mask on. So church is kind of like um, the same sort of situation, you know, people are singing and they're praising the Lord and hallelujah. And all that is just spewing the good amen germs all over the place. And uh, no, um, you know, saying hallelujah isn't going to help you. I don't know what kind of miracle y'all keep expecting, but it ain't, it ain't happening. So anyway, um, a super spreader event. It is what it is. When we did the story, um, we'd actually contacted the local church before doing the story to try to speak to either the pastor that was alleged to have gone to the BRAC. Um, he wasn't there. He wasn't available. And his secretary was just like, oh, yeah, we'll just take the message. Six, seven hours later, no return phone call, nothing. So we put out what we had. 
we had to tweak the articles because they contacted us and um oh someone's saying the supermarket is also a super spreader location yeah because you know no social distancing there either and it's a lot of people in there um so yeah you know um we tweaked their story a little bit uh church people can be very very funny about how they're represented in the media so we were very clear we never said that the pastor was a super spreader individual However, the allegation was um, there that a certain pastor had gone to Cayman Brack when, in fact, he hadn't gone at all. It was another individual who had gone to Cayman Brack who was unvaccinated. Now, you know, if you're traveling to the sister islands and you're unvaccinated, the protocol is you have to do a PCR test in order to get on the plane. If you're vaccinated, you just go on through. Um, so he was actually unvaccinated, but he tested negative. Now, to be clear, and this is, y'all need to understand how this is happening. You can take a PCR test today, go to the BRAC, and this is what's been happening. Remember the guy who worked for, was it Public Works? Who he was the first one in Little Cayman to, like he infected Little Cayman because he was on three islands in 24 hours. So he was like Little Cayman, Cayman BRAC, Grand Cayman, hanging out with all these firemen and whatever. He was the one who kind of kicked it off and with the Little Cayman infections. And the Cayman Brack infections, that was a government worker, big time anti-vaxxer, not vaccinated. And yes, he spread it to uh, three different communities, really. And by the time he tested positive, this is my point, right here in Grand Cayman, to go back to the sister islands, I think he resides in Little Cayman, if my memory serves me correctly. He then tested positive and he had to go in quarantine. He already had infected a number of people because he'd come in contact with especially the firemen. That's just the nature of COVID. Nobody's trying to, I mean, if you're COVID positive and you spread it, then, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's why you should stay home if you know that you have it. But there are times that you're not going to know that you have it, that you are indeed positive. So there's been a lot of stories circulating about what's been happening at the church. So yesterday there was a post that went up on this page. Now the good pastor contacted us because somebody told him that this is our page. So let's make sure we get our facts straight, folks. Cayman Ma Road has the one page. We don't pretend to be anybody else. We don't have time to pretend to be anybody else. We don't put up fake accounts. I don't have any fake accounts. I have two Facebook accounts, both in my name. One is Sandy and one is Sandra. And that's because I'm always getting blocked on the Sandy one. So when I get blocked there, I got a backup one. Really for the back end stuff that I have to do, the management of stuff. I don't have, I seldom even post on that account on my personal page because I'm just really using it to access, you know. Um, I can understand why some people, especially if they're civil servants, might have a fake account because they think that there's certain things that they can't say and they can't do. But I always question people who have fake accounts and have the biggest mouths in the world. They always have the most to say. And I've seen them because they create these fake accounts and then they like, like, well, there's one that's out there that's all about trying to hate on CMR. That's all the page does is because they were blocked in our platform. And then they're like, oh, well, they'll use their own platform. They got time on their hands, obviously. But you're a coward. If you can't have a real account and be like, okay, this is my opinion. I don't like CMR. I don't like Sandra. I don't like the premiere. I like, and, and be who you are and say it. I can respect that person 
because they have an opinion. At least they're they're man or woman enough to let it be known. The reason why these fake accounts uh, pop up is because they are cowards, because they know that what they're saying is a bunch of lies and it's fake and false information. It's slanderous. It's liable and that they will be sued. And so they can't bear the consequences. It's so ironic, right? Because a lot of times they have the most to say about us, but we bear the consequences. We print every single day. We have a business license. We print and we will be held accountable. Now, no one has been able to successfully do that yet because we've always been 90% plus on the side of right. So even the people who might've said, well, this one word is offensive to me, doesn't mean that you have a good legal case, right? And so at least we're standing here saying, yep, we're, we're publishing this. If we get it wrong, we will correct it. We will apologize just like every other media house. But you got a name, you got a face that you can hold accountable. These fake pages are ridiculous. So I've told you guys about this fake page before. It's called CI Violators of the Law. Last week, they were publishing um, fake information about um, the country going into lockdown. You guys remember that? That's the context in which we were more, more recently talking about them. So we had to do an entire corrective video because we posted it up saying, um, you know, this organization, or it's, it's one person, it's not even all that, but this person has said um, that we are going into lockdown, that the government is gonna, it actually said something like the meet, the government is meeting right now and they um, are locking us down and da, 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 da. So we put up a message, a screenshot, but people missed the whole screenshot situation where we said, um, how can the government be meeting right now when the government is actually over at the court's office uh, for the grand court opening? Like the last time I checked, there's no time travel that we're aware of. And you certainly can't be in two places at the same time. But it, the way I think in which we did the post, it kind of went over the heads of um, a lot of people. So we then had to adjust the post because people were like, oh, I thought you were saying this. And I was like, eh, no. So we had adjusted ever so slightly and there were still people who were confused. Because somebody sent me a, um, a thing from Miss Juliana where she was saying um, that somehow, you know, we said that the country was shutting down. I was, I'm like, no, we didn't say that at all. We said the opposite. We said that somebody else who said that was completely wrong. Well, this page hasn't learned anything from last week until this week, apparently. Um, Carrie Whitaker, Hort, Tibbetts, pay attention now. So they continue to put out, um, apparently, fake information. This time, it's about quarantine breaches. Now, I have people who send me this stuff all the time, and they said, Sandy, is this an, another page that's trying to be CMR? And I'm just like, listen, I ain't got no time to, to even entertain these individuals, to be quite frank, right? The difference is, when we have said something, 97% of the time, it was true. And 97% of it was true. In the instance of these people, they're not concerned with the truth. They will take anything on the mall road and just run with it. Not everything on the mall road is, is mall road worthy. Well, not with official mall road. 
So uh, we're waiting. We got about four minutes before a guest come in. So they made all sorts of assertions here, piggybacking off of the story about the church. So Pastor Courtney is mentioned in here. His wife, Marcy, is mentioned. And this post claims that they have breached quarantine on the BRAC and all sorts of stuff. So it is it is chock full of details. That's for sure. Where the person was quarantining, the unit number, this and that. Now, um, it's kind of interesting how they have actually put this together because someone has said there's a number of breaches in here um, that have occurred that if these people really wanted to pursue this, they could. But that's not a matter for us. So they claim that they've received it from very reliable sources, that the Jamaican RCIPS and the BRAC only gave this woman a verbal soft warning. She was not arrested when caught out of quarantine after being tipped off. Why? She was neither charged or warned of prosecution. Apparently, our sources say that the officer was one of the hairdresser's clients. Now, this is all kind of mixed up. This is beyond Ma Road. This is, this is the, the Pebble Road mix-up story. And it is suspected that was a reason for the easy release. Okay. Um, we're also hearing that Courtney Morrison works for former Deputy Premier Moses Kirkernel. Well, I don't know why that would be hearsay because that's a fact. So, you know, if you know that for a fact, then you just say that that's a fact. He does work for um, Moses Kirkernel in his business, in one of his businesses. And then it goes on to say that um, he's a notary public and these are reasons for treating his employee with a soft approach. Um, that would be a matter for Moses Kirkernel to respond to, but I'm not quite sure I followed the logic here. What was the employer going to do? If there, if there was a breach and the police dealt with it or didn't do, deal with it, what's the implication with the employer? I'm a little bit confused. And then it goes back talking about the Ramjeet kid, which seems to be like the go-to case. Um, anytime there's a COVID breach and you don't like the outcome of it, you go back to that one and you say, hey, remember what they did to poor little young Ramjeet? Well, Ramjeet was of age and he knew exactly what he was doing. And he did go to a public event and he did um, you know, a number of things that he needed to be held accountable for. And uh, quite frankly, it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. All right, folks. So um, we have to ask if Cayman Brack has become a haven for corruption <laughs> and who you know is beneficial when breaking the laws. Calling commissioner police to investigate this because uh, plenty of witnesses saw this woman out and about all right, so um, Carrie, did you get a hold of the commissioner of police? That's the only question I have after reading this long mix-up situation. Uh, we will have a guest on the program here shortly who's going to tell us that this is all a bunch of lies. That's going to be his position. Um, not even to me have the police commissioner's number. So that is you well-connected. You're more connected than Ma Roja. I want to hear all about that. Anyway, uh, give him a couple more minutes. He's got to be on the show. So this is the mix up, mix up story. Um, there's some interesting things in it for sure. The question about has the has Cayman Brack? What she say? Has Cayman Brack now uh, has become has become 
we have to ask if Kimmon Brack has become a haven for corruption. Chad, please, this, if that was a real question, you're a Bracca, Carrie, you would know Kimmon Brack always been a haven for corruption from, from, from Jesus was a baby. Y'all have some of the biggest child molesters there roaming the streets, molesting your children left, right, and center. And um, y'all not talking about that level of corruption. Y'all not talking about how you're literally feeding your children to the wolves. Yes, there's a lot of foolishness that goes on in Kim and Brack. A lot of prejudices. Some of y'all Brackers believe you're white and you don't want to give brown-skinned people a glass of water. You gave it a plastic glass so you can throw it out afterwards. Oh, there's a lot going on in the Brack that we could be talking about. Lots of social ills. Lots of discrimination. Lots of issues. But you want to talk about this one? Well, we're going to have um, a guest here on this in the studio in just a second who is um, going to tell us all about it. Hmm. What a mix-up situation. Let's see some of your comments. Good morning to Mary. How, but how can anyone know who passed it to who? Um, how do you, how do we know? Well, um, if they were... If they were inclined to know, there actually is a way um, you can actually trace. Let me get my little stick here. You can trace um, the DNA of um, the virus. It's called, um, they don't call it DNA. There's an actual term for it. But you can actually uh, break it down to that level where you could tell precisely, we've talked about this before, um, who infected who and where it came from. That's how, uh, you know, we told you all about that situation in terms of community spread in Northside with the drug boats. That's how they know more or less how those persons got infected. You know, the government was um, hesitant to tell you that. It took us telling you first. And then the governor said, eh, there's a likelihood that we have people coming in bringing drugs into this country who are also bringing in COVID. When I told y'all that, I told you that because I had it from a very reliable medical source that that's exactly what was happening. So they can actually trace who infects whom. Most of the time they don't bother to do it because we're at the point where it's like, does it really matter? Remember when Phaedra's family was, was blaming that girl for, um, for giving her COVID? Um, they, if they really wanted to find out, they could have found out. They could have found out what strain she had and they could compare the markers of her infection versus Phaedra's infection. They would know if she was actually the person who infected Phaedra. And that's how sometimes they actually, when they're contact tracing, uh, they know who's infecting who. And, you know, um, the son infected the mother who then infected the helper. They can tell you that because they actually do know. Most cases, they don't really care. All right, so our guest is trying to come on. Good morning, Catherine. Uh, no, no one, I don't think anyone in the BRAC has done that. There is a young man apparently who they suspect 
um, is sort of patient zero just because of the timing and stuff that he got it. But again, they can't say with any degree of certainty. That's why our article never really focused on who was the infecting individual. It just focused on the fact that the event turned out to be a super spreader event because whoever was there that had it, whether it was one person or multiple persons, now had potentially infected up to 60 persons and they were contact tracing. And remember how this worked. If 60 people went to church that weekend, right? It's not just those people who went to church, but it's everybody connected to them. So remember the little, um, remember the, um, yes, okay, he's trying to get on. Remember the little old lady who died? She got it from the helper. And the helper got it from church because the helper went to that church. That's just how it is. Now, she didn't die because of COVID, as we have said numerous times. She had other comorbidities. But now she gets the honor of being counted as Cayman Brack's first COVID-related death because she was COVID positive. Ah, what a hot mess. So much drama for a little place, Cayman Brack. Thanks, Louie. I'm Malinois. Hmm. Um, you know what is so interesting is um, the Brack is so small that I swear, this is just my opinion, they don't have a whole lot to do. So I think a lot more mix-up happens there and chatting about people's business than even here. Because if you're not at work, and even when you're at work, how busy could you really be in the Brack? So what else do you have to do but chat, people business? The biggest mall road is on the Brack, I think. But I tell you, not, it's not the mall road. It's the Pebble Road. There's not even Marl on it. What What is it before you put Marl on it? What's it really called? I don't think it's called Pebble, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, so this is a hot mess. Um, Binks Vega says, good morning, Sandy. Do the new changes to quarantine isolation also apply to unvaccinated travelers with unvaccinated children? No. No. Nope, nope, and nope. So let me clarify um, something. Because I think um, Blake's question this morning got us a little bit confused. And I did reach out to the premier about unvaccinated people. I don't think he's going to mind me playing his voice note. So let me play the voice note while we wait on um, our guests to come on. So let's, let's clarify the new rules, right? Because I think, yeah, sometimes we're getting a little bit confused here. So this is what I emailed the premier. And I said, unvaccinated persons in the household of a positive must quarantine for 10 days. Um, and then I said, uh, hold on one second. Just send this out to... Um, try and get our guests sorted out here. And then I said, um, I said, this contradicts what was said last week after about testing and going about your business as normal. And so this is what the premier replied and said, and I must say, I appreciate him. You see, this is the difference between the previous government and this government. I was asking Alden all sorts of questions last time. Now, the funny thing is, is kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, sometimes he would respond, I guess, when he was in a good mood. 
And then other times he wouldn't. And then he went to complete radio silence where he would read the message, not respond at all, which was typical of him. Here's Wayne's response, Premier Wayne Panton this morning. Um, no, anybody who's unvaccinated in a positive household has always been required to, um, to quarantine. If you are vaccinated, then the national laboratory uh, test policy comes into effect, or applies, I should say, and they, anybody who's vaccinated, have the ability to come and go on a daily basis subject to having a negative lateral flow result every day. But people who are unvaccinated don't. Oops. Oh, sorry. That was me clicking on something else and closing that. Come and go on a daily basis subject to having a negative lateral flow result every day. But people who are unvaccinated don't have the same ability. Mm -hmm. um, so crystal clear now, right? Okay, by the way, don't forget the premiere is on tonight, folks. 7 p.m. for another episode of Premiere Access. So make sure you pop in. The Coltar Truth now has your Premiere Access with Premier Panton. Hello, everyone. This is Wayne Panton. Come and join me on Cayman Mar Road's Premiere Access every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. for a frank and open Q&A session. I'm here to answer your questions about the issues that concern you the most. Tune in to YouTube and Facebook Live on Wednesday. We will see you there. Full transparency. Answering your questions. Down to earth, accountable, and accessible to who matters. You. Don't miss Premier Access on the cold hard truth. Spilling the tea like no one else. All right, folks, so that is tonight at 7 p.m. Make sure that you tune in, 7 until 9. Uh, Emma says, dirt road. Yes, maybe, yes, maybe that's a better term for it. Aliana says, oh, the Brack, you just have to love them in a special way. Um, so someone says that the COVID at Flow or Customer Cure Center, OTS, what's OTS? Uh, will be closed today to facilitate a deep clean. Please visit our WhatsApp virtual store, uh, 925-3569, or one of our retail stores. Is that the main headquarters then off of, um, what's it called? Um, Shed and Road? I think so. Ah, my dear child, that's going to be what it is. Um, here's some some other comments. Uh, oh, someone's asking if the dentist ever practice here has something to do with the clinic here, or do I have this wrong? I never got any confirmation that he did. Uh, someone also made the comment, night the nurses and doctors and cleaning staff at these hospitals award the EMS, fire, and police. They're the ones going eyeball to eyeball with the virus. Touche. And then it says funerals, here is a hug for your comfort and some COVID for your family. 
Yes, because funerals, um, again, as an extension, tend to be super spreader events. So someone said OTS is one technology square. Thank you so much to our fabulous listeners, which is the one at the corner of Shedden Road and Eastern Avenue. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. A few people said, yep, that's the location. All right. Um, we've got Pastor Courtney joining us from Cayman Barack. Good morning. Good, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Sandra. And good morning, Cayman. You nice got something in the camera morning. there. I don't know what that little green thing is. It looks like a little leaf or something. What is that? Oh. Is that a plant? Oh, yes. It's a plant. Yes. <laughs> there we go. I was like, what is that right in front of the camera? All right. Um, Pastor Courtney, I don't think I've ever met you before. I'm not sure. No, we have met. We're, we don't oh. really. We have never had close interactions. But um, of course, maybe in the stores, the last, the last time I cross path with you, I think it was in Cosulis, sometimes mm -hmm. last year. And oh, okay. uh, being at the office depot. Yeah. yeah. So you see me for this uh, Yes, definitely. Right. All right. Well, nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Same here. Same here. So um, yeah. I'm sure we could be meeting under better circumstances, but hey, it is what it yeah. is. Um, we understand, I was trying to explain to, we were reading the post online, I was trying to explain to some of our viewers here, um, what's going on on the dirt road. We call it okay. the dirt road in Cayman Brack, because it's not the mall well, road. Well, I mean, whatever adjectives may, you know, suit a particular situation, you know, I mean, we understand what we're speaking to, as long as yes. you get the answer. So you contacted me last night. So let's just put this in context for everyone. So you and I had been in contact in relation to the original story about the church event and Absolutely. the contact tracing. Um, there were some corrections made to the story. Some things were fixed. And then you reached out again last night to say that there was this post up on um, Facebook that you'd become aware of. And you might have thought that somehow it was connected to CMR. Yes, that's, that's facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, as I, as I stated last week when I contacted you, I know that um, for for media, uh -huh. it's to make the news, and um, sometimes you will not always get the facts, not always get because it, it don't mean that you have to care about getting the facts always, but we understand that um, you know, you're making the news and situation may be there and the best thing to do is a person just controlling up and, and you know consuming all the false information if someone could be civil enough you know because for a community it is always best you know to give clarity so that mm -hmm. um everyone understand that no one is malicious and um while you're a victim of a certain situation it may seem like you have committed the hack so, so that's why I think clarity is, is good. Okay. I'm getting a little feedback on my end. Mm -hmm. um, sounds like it might be okay now, but okay. So um, I quickly clarified with you last night that I'm happy to take responsibility for what mm -hmm. I do or what happens on CMR and our platform, right? Even if it's cool. another writer, I'm like, listen, we will fix it. We'll correct it. It's not a problem, but I can't take responsibility for other people. <laughs> And I certainly can't take responsibility for the people, I'm just going to bring this back up here, who are actually hiding behind a page, who don't even want to, they don't even have the decency to put up their name. 
So right. a lot of people are, who is CI violator of the laws? Well, I happen to know that CI violator of the laws is Carrie. And, you know, Carrie has had a page before um, that got shut down because of some legal issues with the compass and some lawyers and stuff like that. And so that page, which was, I think it was called I am Caymanian something, 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 um, you know, got shut down. And so now she's set up um, another page, at least one other page that we're aware of. And here we are again, where people are saying, okay, you've gotten the, the information incorrect. So um, let's talk about what's in this post, what it says and what is incorrect and what isn't. Or is there anything in this post that's correct? Um, if I might give me a chance, let me see if I can just open the post. Yes. Yeah. And and then we can um we can we can um speak to it mm -hmm. more in detail. So right. it's a quarantine breaches in Kimambrak, an hairdresser. Mm -hmm. And then it has uh one of my company name, um perfect beauty. So I do own a company by the name of Perfect Beauty Center, right? Okay. Correct, which is from okay. So um, I have a hairdresser. What I know about um, my hairdresser, Kedeen Booth, is she was tested for COVID on January the 3rd or 4th, somewhere there. And mm -hmm. ever since that day, because she was... At work, she went to work and she was feeling ill. So she um, went to the testing um, site, her test done, and they said, go home. And for the best part of it, I know that she has been home. Mm -hmm. And I have no um, knowledge of her being out at any time. So upon seeing the post, I think that, you know, it would be prudent of me to find out from her because, I mean, it's a small community. Mm -hmm. And if there is a police officer that that stop you, because the next thing, how can a police officer stop me when I'm in quarantine? Obviously, there would be a breach. So she, up until this point, was never stopped or spoken to or been warned at any time about any situation because she has not left her quarantine location as of today. She has received her letter yesterday that she's free to go. And mm -hmm. at this, she has not left her, her house as yet because she has a young child who recently tested um, positive and she has to wait to hear from the public health what her situation will be because Will she be allowed to test and go how to work and so on? She needs to understand that first. So with the mystery police officer and the, all of these are uh, mystery warning and so on, it's clear somebody can go to the police station and let me know, let me understand who is the officer, all of these things, you know. Mm -hmm. So we don't know at this point. And like, you know, contacting you, I have also contacted, uh, you know, other media Personnel who are yeah. into journalism and um, they all deny this um, article. But, but well, this is, this is a this is a post. So I mean, let's be um, very very clear here. Mm -hmm. What is happening is anybody can set up a Facebook page, and we've seen right. this before. 
anymore. And I guess people think that as long as um, the, that people don't know who they are, that, I mean, obviously Facebook knows who's behind the page, but you know, that they can say and do whatever they want. And I think this is, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because I was just explaining to people before you came on the program that we, people try to hold us accountable all the time because they know when we publish it, the Cayman Mall Road is publish it. And they know if I say something on this show, I'm, I always have people calling the police and me out. Oh, Sandy said something about me that I didn't like. That doesn't mean it's a criminal offense. It doesn't mean it's a civil offense, but they're certainly making these complaints because they can hold me responsible because I'm here as the face. Right. Yeah. If it's on CMR, you know who owns CMR, you know, you know, when you have these fake accounts set up or these people set up pages that they don't even want to take any accountability for. It's a little bit dishonest is what it is, because wouldn't it be nice for you to say with a degree of certainty who CI violators of the law is? I mean, I know who it is and there's a very specific reason why I know and I could get into those details, mm -hmm. but I won't necessarily go down yeah, that road yeah. right now. Um but, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you could not have to be calling around people randomly to say, um, oh, do you own this page? Do you have any affiliation with this page? If you actually knew who it was? Well, it would be quite nice because what we're looking at, you know, with all the misfortune and now we are, you know, faced with this pathway to journalism that um, in order to get the truth out there, because um, we, we, we want to bring clarity. You know, and, and when we hear rumors and so on, and persons can be so insidious to set up these things and, and they have an intent, you know, to defame someone. And, and when you have spent your life trying to, to build and to contribute to your community with all, you know, good intent and so on, and may have a misfortune because I, hey, this morning I can say that um, sometime over the new year's weekend mm -hmm. i have contracted and tested on the third of um january for covid um 19 possible omicron i don't know mm -hmm. immediately when i learned that one person in our congregation tested positive i ordered a mass testing some person would say don't test don't test because all you do is is show the numbers but the numbers need to reflect. It's not something to hide. It's a massive flu going around with a high-tech name, you know, and, and we're careful not to spread it because we're all at risk. So it was a weekend, a holiday weekend, and before these persons start to go back out in the workplaces, you need to know your status, you know, and, and where we have um, charted this um, relationship over the weekend is that once I approach you and I said that what I've read in the original article, of course, you know, kudos to, you know, going back and adjusting and, and you know, try to reflect some semblance of, of the situation, you know, we were able to say, first of all, the, it was on Facebook about the vaccinated are the ones who are spreading the virus. Mm -hmm. We don't know who spreads virus. I think people just contract virus. Right now, this morning, if our title is um, super spreader, I don't know what would call, um, you know, the supermarkets and so on, who I've spoken to over yesterday where they have the 60s and the 70s, you know, employees who are down and out. 
It's just this wave that we're not exclusive to and all of us are experiencing it. But I was able to say to you that for us not to tag a pastor or a minister who came to the brat to say maybe he brought the virus, that individual was an unvaccinated person who had to do a PCR coming in to the brat. Yes. And then had service with us, with us at the church. Now you go to the church and let me see if there's anything else we could do. All the doors, or most of the doors, mainly the entrance, would have the signs. Wear a mask, please. Sanitize. Just step into the building. The first station to your left is a sanitization station. With every change of a mic, there is an individual who goes and sanitize a mic. And that, that church building has more than um, 10 mics, right? But, you know, choirs are using sets of mic and you have the speaker and there's one mic that might be exclusive. You know, I try to keep a mic for myself, even though I share it, but they have the sanitizers right at the lectern that you do all of these so you can practice, you know, good hygiene, mm -hmm. you know? So we still don't know what has really transpired. We, we have suspicion of maybe individuals, you know, who may not be as mature as you, ought to be, you know, when you have some signs of coughing, you know, some, you know, stuffiness and so on. But again, the doctor may have said it's sinus and you, you were given some antibiotic or some cough drops or something. And these are the same people who were, were going into a service for Friday night. After service Saturday, they're going out to fireworks, mixing mm -hmm. them in fireworks, coming back to church Sunday. And by Monday, we start to realize that, you know, here's a situation that we're faced with. And that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's let's go back to the specifics um, of this post then, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the Perfect Beauty Center, uh, which is owned by yourself, so it says it's owned by you and your wife. It says here that it's been caught breaching quarantine today in the Brax. So the female hairdresser that works there, you're saying that that's incorrect. Right. Okay. Yes. Because um, she, she doesn't know about that. She doesn't, she hasn't been out of her house and she has not. What we know yesterday, we saw some, um, some of the COVID, uh, or you call it CBC, uh -huh. um, guys at her in the yard, parked in the yard. Somebody told me saw some guys parked in the yard. Mm -hmm. which is normal for them. They check on us every, every single day. And we give credit to public health, they call and so on. And, and these um, CD, CBC guys are, are they going on the travel time or whatever group because they have merged and, you know, they're doing a lot of work to keep the community safe. So mm -hmm. they check on everyone. The minute you move a car, they are coming there. All right. No, I learned that um, they stopped by her yard and she was in the house, her sister was in the house and the car, whoever was driving the car, which a car belonged to her, it belongs to her as well, her husband living there. No, I don't know who was driving the car, but apparently the uh, CBC or travel time guys had some conversation with these men. And they also ask where 
are the female occupants of mm -hmm. this premises, which they were all inside. Yeah, and it's for their it's their job to always check and to and to clarify, and and it was just shocking for her in the night when someone sent her this this um post. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, ever since since um, January third, the barber has been at the shop. He goes there and he just sits on the outside. Mm -hmm. This girl doesn't do um, mobile. You don't do mobile. So this this is a fact that she has not been to the shop, has no need to go there because there's no client going there because they already labeled a libelous, you know, for super spreader and said she is a member of of the church as well. Yeah. So if the police could come on and give clarity and let's find out who is the police lady, that's also a mystery as well, because she has and and in fact the the car that stopped by the house yesterday there was no female in in that in that vehicle either mm. hmm. interesting all right so you say that that's completely false all right um so all this stuff about um she was even seen at unit number three catboat plaza last night removing mm -hmm. hair products to take on her mobile excursions. Mm -hmm. Do you offer mobile hairdressing service through the salon? No, no, we don't. So if, if there's any mobile client or so on, they could call. They could like, just like where and she has no mobile. She works at a shop. She has a shop and she works at the shop. Mm. All right. There, there are other female on Island that does um, mobile and we will see mobile persons comes up from Grand Cayman and, and so on. We don't know where the cross, the cross up happened. Yeah. But just that something is is really really wrong about all of this. Mm -hmm. This article. Okay. Um. So it goes on to to assert that the police were soft with her because um, they're Jamaican police officers, mm. and I'm assuming that the hairdresser is Jamaican as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're saying that it never it never happened, so it, it never happens. I don't even know. I, I I wouldn't even know which police officer. But I mean, the station is not far from us. I work in State Bay, uh -huh. and um, it's not like I'm on here assuming. I'm right. here to say that she has not had a conversation with. It's not like you encountered an officer who came and said, "Oh, you have violated the traffic law, and you're warning." Is is thus you know for prosecution? We're warning you here. The, this is totally unheard of. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, we have some comments here. So Luis says, "Words of wisdom: You can have something you never had by doing something you never did before. Give it a thought." Okay, Louis, that's a deep thought. We'll think about that afterwards. Uh, Velardi Bullet says, "Good morning, ma'am and sir. Good morning, Kurt." Sounds like someone have a side hustle a little bit, says Jonathan. Um, do you think that maybe your um, lady there is doing stuff on the side? Is there any indication that there could be some concerns about her moonlighting and doing mobile service and maybe you don't know about it? Well, I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't know why she would want to moonlight because yeah. I can tell you this girl, she came on the island a couple of years ago and the person who brought her on here treated her like 
I, I don't even want to use the words that would suit to describe the way that um, the, the former employer treated her. Mm-hmm. So they dumped her over a Christmas period and with no time in her book. And someone came and asked me, um, would you be able to help her? I am personally not into beautification and, and um, cosmetologies and all of this. Mm-hmm. Right? What I've done for her is to, I took her in like a own daughter and a child. She has no supervisor. She has no, no, she just go shop to her shop. She's provided with all the resources that she needs to function efficiently. She manage, manages a place by herself, for herself, with the keys and so on. Mm-hmm. Personally, on my hand, all I know that we do, we, we keep up with the rent and everything. So it's not like she has to go out and to hustle and to do anything. If she wants to go beyond hours, she go beyond hours. If there's a client that said today is a public holiday and I, I would like to come in today or I'm flying over from Little Cayman, hey, she has the keys. She just go in and she just do mm-hmm. what she has to do. Over, over that period of time, she had felt, you know, like a family. We, the way we have treated her and, and she gravitated to the church and God save to change her life and, and start on a new page. So this is when at best she's trying to be honest and she's very diligent with everything that she does. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't see no reason for her to want to, to moonlight. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The house where she lives is in Cotton Tree Bay in the hope and no one can go east or west without look in the yard so you can tell if there's a vehicle there or a vehicle has moved from that location mm-hmm. all right well i've got a question for you um for an audience member who's listening what's up so they said i hear from someone that was at the church service that as soon as the pastor got to the platform he said if you have the faith, take off your mask. If you have the faith, remove your mask. Mm-hmm. If you believe in God, take off your mask. And everyone did. So before you answer that specific question, there seems to be um, some commentary in the community that there's certain mm-hmm. churches right. that advocate not getting vaccinated. There's certain no. churches that advocate not social distancing, not wearing of the mask. No that um you know people have this absolutely faith absolute faith i should say that you can do whatever you want and god will mm-hmm. not there will no be no consequences because you have faith does your church operate on that basis do you personally believe that and have you ever said to people when you go to church service that if you have faith to remove your mask i have never said that and personally i am vaccinated my entire soul is vaccinated Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that everyone in our church is vaccinated, right? No, we are on the United Pentecostal Church in Grand Cayman, all nations. And my pastor is um, Bishop Clark, mm-hmm. right? And many things may have been said. When you're preaching and you're, 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 you're exercising your faith and mm-hmm. you may have, because the truth of the matter, God protects and God keeps and God covers. No, we're in a situation where we have to balance our daily lives according to the protocol of the land because the land called for us to obey the mm-hmm. law of the land. Mm-hmm. So if someone who 
may get up in a public platform and say, if you have the faith, take off your mask. That would not be me. And I am here to say, on the record, I have members from our black congregation who have called me to say, Pastor, I'm very, very glad that you were not, because we asked the question, um, should we vaccinate or should we not? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I know that if you are here, maybe there may be some Caymanians who can remain here and choose not to vaccinate. Mm -hmm. But especially for work permit holders and so on, you know the situation that your permit is not even going to be considered. And, and our church is predominantly only few Caymanians, few of us and some other few indigenous um, Caymanians who are there. But the majority of the congregants are expats who just for the sake of work permit has to take the vaccine. And, mm -hmm. and that's why to observe the protocols, you go to the door and the first thing we do with the community, make sure that the signs are there. Make sure that you sanitize. No, in the, in the interim or while service is being held, you look around and you'll see many persons sometimes will pull the mask and for different reasons. And, and it's not exclusive to us, you know, and you'll say to an individual, why take off your mask? And we have police officers in our circle that I can tell you that I have seen gone over to individuals who have walked into the building without a mask and said, put on your mask. And, and sometimes they felt like, you know, I shouldn't be wearing the mask and they have it sticking at their ears or something like that. But we have done everything possible that we could do, you know, in order to protect ourselves and the, uh, the members. And we're giving God thanks that we are all, well, not all, there are some persons who are still under quarantine, but the majority of the members are out. No one was re got really, really sick to where they had to be hospitalized. And again, the vaccine, you know, was considered and they took the vaccine. And, and today we're saying that we give God thanks for that. Those who did not take the vaccine, they have to do 14 days quarantine. We who took the vaccine, I'd rather not to say something that I cannot back by the word than to say it and, and cannot defend it. Okay. So that, that comment, that quote is being falsely attributed to you and you are encouraging people to do the responsible thing and get vaccinated. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, well, hopefully that is useful um, to the individuals who have um, who've asked that question. And um, pastors, is there anything else that you would like to say to the people of the Cayman Islands and people of Cayman Brack who are listening to the program today? Yeah, well... Oh, sorry. This person's saying that, is he the preacher that came from Cayman? No, he's on the Brack. This is no. Pastor, Pastor Courtney on the back. But have have you ever been in the presence of um, another preacher that has come over from Grand Cayman who said that in your church? I cannot always remember every single thing that was said. And I know many, many different times I hear different preachers assert to, well, um, the Lord will protect you. And um, sometimes we go as far as to say, if the leaders of the country do the right thing, and not just the, the religious leaders, but mm -hmm. 
we also think the onus is on the church at times to lead by example. But the Bible says, my people are called by my name would humble himself and pray and seek. So seek the Lord and he will hear and he will heal your land. Now, we sometimes think that if there's a situation and you would go and you warn the premier or someone else in, in government, in leadership to say, well, we ought to do this. And if they don't do that, then there are going to be circumstances that you will have to endure. Mm-hmm. It's the same for the church. If the government say then that you have to vaccinate or you have to do this or there will be circumstances, that's where the balance comes in. So I, I sometimes I hear persons say, well, God don't believe in science. And my thought is that God is omniscience. And, and God provides doctors and scientists and so on and give them the knowledge because all knowledge is based with him. You know, so, so the right thing to do is not to mislead. So I try not to mislead. Yes. And um, it's all over the world. It's not exclusive to Cayman. There are many, many um, clusters around the world who believe that the Lord will see you through without being vaccinated, and they're still holding firm to that belief. Mm. Hmm. All right. Um, so how many How many people, someone was saying that you have a very large church. I don't know what's considered a large church these days, but what, what sort of congregation are we talking about, um, Pastor, at your church there in Cayman Brack? Okay. On the record, apart from having a convention or a mass crusade or so on, at mm-hmm. any one time, and this is po- um, pre-COVID, at any one time, our largest on record um, attendance is 81. So we hobble between 40s to 60s. So we kind of sit about 50. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in this, in this um, over the long weekend, what what we have seen is that, um, you know, first Friday night you're dealing with watch night service. Mm-hmm. So you have some persons who attended Friday night, but they never came Sunday morning. Then some came Sunday morning and never returned Sunday night. Yes. So mm-hmm. we think that we, we will, on any good Sundays, we're in the 50s. Now, another thing... Is that, that considered a lot for Kim and Brack? It is considered a lot for the church because there are some churches that maybe down to 12 or 13. And the next thing okay. you should know that ever since early about September, a lot mm-hmm. of the churches on island have been closed. Mm-hmm. So the pastors are staying home. And we're saying then we really think that the church doors you know, we're going to go out and weather the storm. And if we perish, we perish. But we'll, we'll you know, um, try to be wise and do the best that we can. And, of course, you know, even early December, there were absolutely no cases on Cayman Brack. So everyone felt safe. Maybe we have let down our guards to a little degree where we normally would have someone standing at the door to really try to, you know, sanitize you and all of that. Mm-hmm. We just leave the station there. But again, we realize that the Omicron virus, the way how it functions, that it lives in the nostril and in the 
upper respiratory and so on. And, and the building is 40 feet wide. And from the lectern to the door is 60. And it's fully air conditioned, air conditioned and airtight. And if you're going to spend two hours, we normally would try to um, shorten our services. And I think the Sunday night, we kind of had a more lengthy service because Monday was going to be a public holiday. And then you have a, visit, a visiting speaker and, and he's there. And, you know, persons are doing the New Year resolution who want to. And I personally said to the congregation that I don't know who wants to make a new resolution for this year and so on, but I don't want you to commit to things that you are not able to fulfill and so on. So just think wise and let us allow the Lord to lead us in the year because we don't know what may befall us. And, and those are words that were like streamed, you know. So we went until about 10 o'clock or after 10 the Sunday night. And then Monday morning, we start to show, you know, some symptoms and return positive lateral flow testing. And from there, I had to be proactive to try to gather everyone who were still in home, go get tested, don't go. And I was still testing negative and until Monday night, negative, Tuesday morning, another um, lady call and a brother call and said, test again because we have tested uh, positive and I continue to test. Mm -hmm. uh, my son was negative, my wife was negative, until Tuesday, I was the first one that got back a positive. Mm. Okay, some questions here or comments um, from our viewers. So Sandra says, that sounds like lots of side hustle going on in the BRAC. I suggest in thorough investigation, too much corruption. Kareen mm. says, so who has her permit? I'm assuming she's referring to the lady that works yeah. um, at your salon. No, so. this is a company. This is a business. This is yes. Perfect Beauty Center, right? So she works for Perfect Beauty Center. Her permit is for beauty, um, Perfect Beauty Center. She's paid by Perfect Beauty Center. It's just that she's the lone female employee that works along with a barber. And we're not over them like Jaconian and um, going back and forth because... A, a salon in the brack. Let me tell you what I've gotten from my um, beauty um, salon. I only go and get a haircut there. I've never gone in and said, give me $100. Mm -hmm. Because the level of business that we see, it's rather we putting in mm -hmm. resources to try to, to keep it liquid. Okay. Yeah, so the Lord help us when we're able to pay the landlord the rent. We don't have to add something to it. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a cold cold hard truth. Now the 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 fact of the situation is that um back in the well early two thousands when um the barber was always spot B when Miss Juliana was operating, and we had one Western, and it was very very hard to say to the barber I'm coming to spot B for ear, just to get a ear cut, and it's all right come you have I just have one in the chair. And one waiting and you have one hour lunch break and by the time you get to spot b there is four per persons waiting and that extend your wait for another hour to an hour and a half for him to go through four persons mm -hmm. late coming back to work so eventually with that plaza sat there no tenant in it for the longest while at one point in time mr martin had his, his shop there and we rented 
that space and equip the space and it stayed there. Um, we had a barber that was doing reasonably well and he said to me then um, he wanted to do something else with his life. He is now married, his wife is a nurse and he has two kids and he need to spend more time. He need this time to be more flexible. Mm-hmm. And so um, if I would just allow him to, you know, um, if I would accept his resignation and I said, no problem. And from there he went on, but shortly after, because we never replaced the barber, he came back and he said, well, someone is going to help him to take out a permit so he can fill the slot because his clients are calling. And from there he went into a mobile operation and this girl has been there throughout this time. So basically we made sure that everyone, the statutory part of it is covered all pension when pension um, is to be paid or insurance is to be paid so mm-hmm. you know the bottom line and um you try to see what comes from there but there's nothing to write home about making profit and um you know having disposable income from a business like that it's just the climate of business in cayman Brack. it's it's mm-hmm. normally a fool or someone who's too wealthy goes into business and stay into business in Cayman Brack. Yeah, well, we've seen that a lot. Um, All right. Well, hopefully that that clarifies um, the position for people. Uh, Jess says, um, sorry, uh, Evelyn says the good God gives you wisdom, but a lot of people don't understand how to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, Jess says, open up the windows and let that fresh Cayman Brack air blow through the church. Mm -hmm. When yeah. you have church, do you do you open the windows? I'm curious. No, the, okay. So you I know, know that a lot we, of structures you can't we, we were libeled at one point as noisy noisy. And okay. the truth is that we really we have instrument, musical instrument that you know to enhance worship and everything like that. So it's quite charismatic and and so you try to control the decibel for a keyboard or a drum and so on, and a person is within a hundred feet and so on. You don't want to disturb that person. So that's why, or your neighbor. So before, when we only had a tent, before we built the building, mm-hmm. it was the talk of the town about the noise. So now that we have the building the way that it is now, we take advantage of keeping the windows and doors closed. Mm-hmm. Yes you know, one for the the noise element of it. So we will not be accused of, you know, of being a public disturbance. But um, where we are now, we we might have to look at how we go back and what we do. Of course, we call in a company yesterday to go in and to sanitize the entire building and we'll go through all the air conditioning system. We know that Omnicron is not around after five days on the surface of any space in, in, inside the building. That's how, that's what the science says. So we're working with the science. So we went out, we got a company to come in, contracted a company to sanitize the building itself. And if we have to go back, keep the windows open more so that we can take advantage of the fresh air that God gives us, you know, I mean, if that's what we have to do, we have to do, but we try our best to have church and try to be wise with everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, my dear. Um, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on and um, at least, 
you know, giving us some degree of information. Um, Karen says, if it's profitable, that's why everyone ventures into business. Um, I think people venture into a business not necessarily always knowing what to expect. Um, it's one thing to look in from the outside, but I can tell you that there are a lot of businesses that are not profitable. Um, yeah, well, people still maintain them. I mean, people, you know, yeah. do it for different well, reasons, but. I could say to Karen that, you know, business is risk and opportunity. And, and where there's an opportunity, there's still risk, mm -hmm. you know. So, and, you know, you try sometimes to mitigate, you know, so that it don't, don't really impact you that hard. And, and at some point in times, you might have to just draw the line and say, we cannot further do. But um, mm -hmm. I really hate it when I have to go around and, and wait. And um, if I don't have a barber now, I call my former um, barber. He comes mm -hmm. and he wherever I'm at and, and cut my hair and everything like that. And, and we're just good like that. I'm in quarantine. Yeah. He's calling me to say, um, bro, be strong. The Lord is with you. So we're here to say that, Sandra, if you want to reach myself i i have asked um bishop clark in grand cayman mm -hmm. you know sometimes in church we we have faith and we exercise faith but where the pr is concerned for the church mm -hmm. and so on, we don't really see anyone going out on the front to say right. this is a situation you know yes. so while everyone you know it's they're speculating and so on because yeah. there's no clarity you know, um, someone need to come up front. And I'm saying from Grand Cayman, we are here under Grand Cayman, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're not independent. Even mm -hmm. if we try to operate separately, the, the headquarters is in Grand Cayman. But this church in Cayman Brack was built mm -hmm. by the community. And we say for the community, right? We don't take from the church. We give to the church. I have been at the, I have been spirited this um, ministry here on the BRAC and many times person have approached me and say, um, you know, you're a pastor and you have a full-time job and thing like that. You need to give up one of them. So I'm like, which one should I give up? Mm -hmm. My daily cycle is to get up, get with my workmen, those who are out there, you know, um, in my personal business. And I go to my day job mm -hmm. and work at 7.30 thereabout. Then on the Monday nights, I'm going back to church for young convert service. Tuesday night, I'm going back for youth service. Mm -hmm. Thursday, I'm going for Bible. I'm back Sunday morning. I'm back Sunday night. Right? I am funding myself. I'm funding all my 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 resources, my materials for for ministry. For mm -hmm. what? Just to try to give back to the community. We don't get paid. We're not paid. So if I if I if I just give up the church and say, I am not the pastor, I don't have anything to lose in terms of income or anything like that, because it's not income-based. And, mm -hmm. and this building that we have built, there's no lien from the bank. There's no mortgage on it. It's just mm -hmm. basically we going out there having food sales and Grand Cayman Church sometimes will send men over, you know. So that's the kind of synergy that we have used to really... Um, you know, get this um, church structured here. And um, we are, as a members, the choir members, the musicians, all of us are just going there. And we prioritize like everyone else. We are offering like everyone else. We use our offering to, to run the, the daily operation, keep the buses going and to pay the utility bills 
and sometimes that fall way short, but that's just life on, on Cayman Brock. So it's not that we're in it because it's a financial base and there's something for, that's for me personal. I don't know about any other one, but that, that's where I stand and, and that's how I choose to give back to my community. Not only that, when it comes down to sports, that's why my name, I was indicted also in the, you know, as a hero for, you know, part of the um, long serving um, community member in sports. So I have my certificate for all of that and what we have contributed to the community. So today I'm really happy that I contracted the COVID in church or at church or around a religious group. It could be in the bar, it could be in the clubs. You know, I'm originally from Kingston. I could be out on the street doing something bad, but we want to do positive things. We want to exert our energy into positive things for the community to be an example. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm not sure. I hear you, but part of me is like, it probably doesn't matter where you catch it. <laughs> the good yes. thing is, uh, good thing you're vaccinated and it's probably nothing more than just a little cold for you. And um, and you're doing just fine. So, um, Pastor Courtney, we appreciate you coming on the program. Um, like you said, there are lots of not. This isn't true of just churches, but there are lots of organizations. Sometimes it's government organizations. I always reach out to them, and I said, if you don't tell your story, no one's going to know. No one's going to mm -hmm. tell it for you. So, you know, you have an obligation to set the record straight where necessary and where required to do so. Uh, I share, share what you need to share. And we are certainly a platform that is open um, to giving people that opportunity. So I appreciate you reaching out to us yesterday and uh, clarifying the situation again this morning for the benefit of everyone so that they can know what the true position is. I thank you also for giving me the opportunity to, to come on, you know, because I really think that, you know, we need to respond in a positive way to bring yes. clarity. When there are rumors and, you know, it might be for a defamation, you know, someone might be just insidious in what they're doing mm -hmm. and they will create these um, posts just for mischief, you know, because, um, I mean, what if I want to say today that if my hairdresser has a breach of um, our quarantine, our quarantining arrangement, or by law, she need to stand the and 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 the consequences that comes with it. She need to face that as well. And anyone who breaches the quarantining um, regulations of the government, they need to really stand up and to face it. According, you know, sometimes things might be because they're tweaking the laws every week and um, a mm -hmm. person might not know, you know, unknowingly. So give them an opportunity to say, but right. if you have breached, you know, you know that you are to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. And so we're not here to cover anyone. They know where to find her, you know, where to find the police station. And we would also want to find the officer who conducted, which we know it's for us at this point, it's a mystery. Right. Yeah, so, so again, you know, there you have it. And it has been a pleasure just to, to come. And um, as I've said to you, if there is something going and um, you, you, you know, have my number as well, mm -hmm. afraid to reach out. I will not shy away because at the end of the day, I, I, I am here just as a, as a person and I have to serve the, the community and to serve the church. Person might look at her as an employee and they're going to go to the full extent to, to stir who is 
the owner of the business, what is the name of the business, what he does, he's a notary public, he's this and he's that and so on, you know, and all of that has some meaning behind it with including all of this information. Trust me, it's it's not to promote. I think it's more insidious than, than anything else, but we're here to bring clarity to it. Appreciate it. All right, my dear, have a wonderful day. Say hi to everyone on the back for us. Yes, definitely, I will. And you too, and to Cayman and the listening public, you have a wonderful and a blessed day today. All right, my dear, thank you so much. All right, folks, that was Pastor Courtney Morrison um, from Cayman Brack. Setting the record straight, he's saying there's a bit of misinformation out there in the public, and he wants suggestions sure that uh, everyone gets it right and that we know what's going on. So we appreciate him coming on. Uh, thank you all very much for sticking with us. I know that we went a little bit into, into overtime. My apologies for that. But it was an important topic that we wanted to get covered. Now, uh, you guys, don't forget that this evening at 7 o'clock, the premiere is coming on for premiere access, um, 7 to 9. Have your questions ready. And he'll be uh, in studio joining us in our virtual studio. You guys know how we do it. I don't have to be sitting next to him. Thank, thank the Lord. I have to sit next to anybody to pull this show off. I'm super excited that we're going to be coming to the airwaves, hopefully another month or so. So stay tuned for that as well. And we will do the evening show on the airwaves as well. I kind of made a decision to ensure that, especially with the Premier Access segment, that that gets um, some coverage so that everyone can hear you know, what's going on in the country and people will be able to call in and ask their questions of the Premier right here in the program. Good people. Um, we talked a little bit of co about confirmation bias this morning, how you're getting your information, where you're getting it. All I can tell you is try to be um, a person of a discerning spirit. Know where information is coming from. Ask questions. You know, we appreciate the pastor coming on. Some of you still had your doubts and you wanted to ask questions of him. Um, you know, it, it is what it is um, at the end of the day, folks. He answered your questions. You don't have to like the answer, but he answered your question. And so we certainly thank him for that because there's a lot that should be said for someone who's willing to sit down and even be asked the question because, you know, people running from, from the truth. People run from the cold, hard truth. And the way in which they run from the cold, hard truth people is they don't even show up to the table. They don't even want to hear the question. They don't want to be you know, put to the test. So I really applaud anyone who's willing to do that much. On tomorrow's program, don't, don't miss it. We've got um, Kathy Ann Wilkes, who's going to be joining us on uh, tomorrow's show um, to talk about what she's got coming up. She's got a public meeting um, that's going to be coming up here shortly. It is actually on the 26th of January. So uh, hear her come on tomorrow. Normally we do Impact Wednesdays, but it's still the beginning of the year and they're getting into the flow of things now. So Kathy will join us tomorrow because I think she's in the LA today as part of the Public Accounting Committee. So she was unable to make it today. So we'll switch Impact Wednesdays to Impact Thursdays. And she'll be in the studio tomorrow to uh, talk with us and let us know what's been going on in West Bay Central and also what she's going to have coming up for her um, upcoming meeting as well next week. Thank you, beautiful folks. Um, have a wonderful day. It is Wednesday. January the 19th, we'll have our usual um, CMR daily news brief this evening with Misha. Um, please tune in for that. We aim to get it up at nine o'clock, but I got to be honest with you, we've been a little bit late having some tech issues. And man, let me tell you, it takes a lot to, you might only look at it as, oh, it's only eight minutes of news, but it takes a lot of takes. 
sometimes to get certain things right. So thank you so much, Misha, for all of the hard work that you have been putting into that. Really appreciate it. I know the hard work that's going into it and what's happening in the background. And I really hope that you guys appreciate and love it as well. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 